Tonight's episode of the Spinner's Lit Pinball Podcast is dedicated to the memory of Chimera Skaggs. Welcome to episode 43, 2021 year-end recap or adios 2021. You pick. We'll get right into it. We got the roundtable crew with us. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Dan's with us tonight. What up? And uh, Brian's back from a hiatus. Hello. And we got uh, our engineer, Mark, with us. Hello. And you guys all know me. I'm Spencer. Welcome to... To the uh, show. Hey guys, we're at the end of the year. We're uh, what, what, five, six days away from Christmas? Um, wow, what a crazy year 2021's been. I think we just jump right into it and start talking about what happened this year in pinball. Kind of, we'll just uh, talk, let's start talking about the games. I'm gonna start off with Stern. I'm gonna start off with, uh, I'm not really going in order here. I'm actually going in reverse order, I think. Uh, the Jurassic Park Home Edition. That kind of came out of left field. So the Jurassic Park Home Edition, I had a chance to play at Expo, and I really liked the flow of it. Uh, I thought the shots were uh, really fun as far as the different ways you could. There was like this jump ramp on the on the back, of, like in the back of the play field that was really fun. Um, like if you didn't get it hard enough, then it wouldn't make it all the way to the other side. But I thought that was kind of an interesting design. Uh, as well as simple to play, um, and it stayed true to the original one. Um, but I really like how uh, Jack made it really fun and engaging versus uh, usually a typical home pin. It's like, ah, uh, you know, you're kind of bored after a couple of shots, but it was not like that. It was really fun to play. It feels like with the community, it's getting some traction where in the past, it doesn't feel like, you know, they've really given the... Uh, home machines a lot of the time of day. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's because of Jack danger. Maybe that's just an attestment to the quality. Maybe it's just because, uh, you know, new games are so hard to get that people are getting what they can get. I just wish it was on location to play because I think it would be really a hit with a lot of people who are not real familiar with pinball, uh, even though it is a home edition. Um, I think it would work great in a location. You know, it's a shame is uh, a few years ago, they, uh, in a few of the bigger locations, I want to tell you it was uh, Best Buy. They were going to start putting, Stern was going to put pinball machines on location, um, and they were going to sell them there. And I don't know what happened to it. Same thing, they had made a deal with uh, uh, Ikea to have uh, like a men's daycare where, you know, women could drop their their husband's off and you could watch, you know, the ball game and they'd feed you hot dogs and sodas. I think and, that was an uh, April Fool's joke, bro. No, serious. No, was that an April Fool's joke? I thought it was serious. I'm pretty I really sure did. that was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> so that was like, like, yeah, I'm going to fucking Ikea every weekend, man. Um, Spencer was looking for a um, No, but the, 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 uh, uh, 
the other one wasn't a joke. Uh, they were really, they, they actually, you could go to the website, you go to, well, I believe it was Best Buy, go to the Best Buy website. And for a short time, you can pick out, this is back around the time of, I want to say. <sighs> Costco had one too. They had a Batman home edition. Costco had the Batman and the Iron Man home edition. And the Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. somebody in our group. Yeah, I, had uh, one of those Iron Man home editions. I mean, couple, I've known a couple of people actually have the Iron Man home edition. It's not terrible for what they put in the price point at the time. Yeah. Remember um, Maurice had one and he was trying to sell that thing for a wink and a smile. I had to continuously talk myself out of buying it. Right. It was like 2,500 bucks. And I was all like, you know, I mean, it's just <laughs> Iron Man without the magnets. It's got a full size display. It's got a spot where a coin door goes. And yeah, I was like, ah, no, I, <laughs> I, but I, I had to talk myself out of it. I was real close to buying it. But yeah, you know, I, I mean, it would be nice to see a mass market retailer, a Walmart or a Target or somebody, you know, take a chance at these. But I mean, they're still almost $5,000. I mean, that'd be the most expensive thing in the store by a long shot. Costco could do it. You know, it's a shame that like sharper image is gone. Sharper image would probably sell something like that. Sharper image right. is full size. Yeah, sharper image used to sell some dope ass yeah, stuff. They would not sell the game. They're expensive. They would sell the normal game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, what's the one? Neiman Marcus. Um, stuff like that. But uh, I feel I like the nice thing about your Jurassic Park Home Edition, the Jack Danger model is that it's it's making these home editions dangerously close to legitimate. And they Stern just needs to look at what the bitchers are bitching about and address like those two or three things. Like put a full-size display in it. It can't possibly cost that much less to put that tiny little display in it. And it would just get rid of, I think, one of the biggest points that everyone's like, oh, I can't see that display. It's like your eyes are not that bad. I mean, come on. Right. But it does need a bigger display. You're yeah. right about that. Yeah. That was the the one that was the thing that was very noticeable was uh, you, you did have to like, for people who have bad vision, you do have to squint to see it because it yeah. is pretty small. But even if it doesn't need it, if you put it in there again, it's that perception, you know, perception of quality. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that I think that that game has really uh, done a lot for for the pin. I think also not calling it the pin would be a good idea. Just call it home edition. Home edition. I think it's done right. a lot for to legitimize uh, the home edition model for Stern. Yeah, it gets the, some good sales. Yeah, the Star Wars is a lot of fun to play. The uh, Spider Man, which is real close, a lot of fun to play. Both of them. I mean, you know, I enjoy playing. I really, really like the Spider Man home edition and the Star Wars one too. They got some, they're smooth. They shoot great. You know, the right. rule set's not as deep, but, you know, most people aren't into that deeper rule sets if, if they're not hardcore. You know, if they're just, oh, it'd be great to have the game room and have a ping pong table and maybe a 60 in one and, or, you know, the, the a big screen with all the home systems set up onto it. And then, oh, let's get a pinball machine. That would be a blast. But, well, right, but see what you're running into now, Spencer, is you're in the era of the $7,000 Pro. Before right. you were paying like four thousand dollars for the the home edition or the pin, and you were paying five thousand dollars for the pro, and nobody was like, oh, you know, save a thousand dollars, get the home edition. But now, you know, you're looking at forty five hundred dollars or so for the home edition, 
and you're looking at 6,800 entry level for a pro now, you know, it really does kind of open up, you know, for the home edition to, to be a, a, a viable alternative, let's say, uh, for people who want a pinball machine. But yeah, you know, $7,000 is a lot of money. $5,000 is still a lot of money, but it's a big jump between five and seven. Right. I mean, to me anyway, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but I I know that, you know, being a pinball enthusiast to me, it's like, yeah, 2000 extra dollars, no big deal. But someone just looking to buy something for their game room, you know, they might go like, hey, that 2000 extra dollars is, you know, a pool table or a big screen TV for the wall or something else that I wanted. And uh, I do want a pinball machine and Jurassic Park is a great theme. So, you know. It's got a dinosaur. The dinosaur actually eats the ball or kind of holds it in his mouth, right? But at least there's some kind of mech in it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. The pro doesn't have a moving dinosaur head. The home edition does. Come on, Stern. Way to go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got a real mech in it now for a a quote-unquote home edition. It looks like a lot of fun. So um, I I like to see where it's going to go in the future. I really would. You know, yeah, let's hope they sell enough to do it again. I mean, seems like so far it's made sense. Right. So we'll jump over. If any, unless if nobody's got anything else, we'll jump over to Stern's next game, Mandalorian. Man, I sure like the Mandalorian. Me too. I finally got all my mods installed or at least some of my mods installed. And I've actually been putting some time on it. I uploaded the new code the other day. They've really, really like buffed that game's rule set out. They've made it harder to just to do the exploit the center over and over and over shot. Uh, The new ambush thing is really, really cool. I mean, I think that if they give that game, you know, a little bit more time of day and it seems like Dwight's been really, really into it. I think that that game will, will be something special. And the code's got to be great because the play field does not do all that much. Yeah, I I have to agree. It is a it the way they use the assets is the game changer for that game. They did a really good job on using all the clips from the show and incorporating it into the different modes. You feel like you're on a journey. So you have that opportunity to go in and play the different scenes from uh, all the different modes that you have available. Uh, it is good that you said that they changed the code a little bit for the multi-ball so that there is uh, not this repeated shooting up the middle, like you said. Uh, so that's good. I didn't even get to see that uh, in the new code. So um, did that just come out for the Mandalorian? Yeah. So they did two code oh, updates Okay. over the course of a couple of days. They did like a, uh, a 1.0 and then they did like a 1.1. And one of the things that they did was now, you know, you you can shoot up the middle for the Razor Crest to start the first multi-ball, then play your hurry up. And then you either have to complete a hunter mode or drain out before it will let you qualify the next multi-ball. Oh, that's much better. Because that was the one thing that annoyed me was, oh gosh, you can just keep continuously starting the multi-ball. Yeah, the strategy for that game was light the multipliers and then just keep pummeling the middle. Like That's all you really had to do. And mm-hmm. the worst thing about that was that that game has so many cool opportunities for strategy because of the way that the equipment works and earning the best scar and then, you know, going to the foundry and, and buying the gear. And yeah, you could just completely ignore all that 
because it just, you know, hit the multi, you know, hit the Boba Fett targets a bunch of times, light your multipliers, and then just start, you know, drilling the middle shot. Now you at least have to shoot around a little bit. Plus it throws random ambushes at you. And when the ambushes start, like, you know, a bunch of targets to flash white and you have to like shoot a shot to escape and continue the game. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Like they've really done a great job of, uh, of keeping that, you know, the, the Mandalorian's journey aspect of it alive. I, I really like it. I, uh, was it doesn't really feel like wood chopping to you. It doesn't yeah. feel like wood chopping. No, no, not at all. To me, it's like, yeah, everything in that game has a really, really distinct purpose. And they also fixed up how the, uh, encounters work where the encounters were really annoying because it's like you had to basically shoot the ball up the ramp, hit the targets, drain out, shoot the ball up the ramp, hit the targets, drain out. Now you can actually shoot the ball up there and complete all three levels of the encounter if you can keep it going long enough. Oh, really? So Yeah, encounters, which were really hard to get before now, are easier. At least they were hard for me. And, uh... You know, the multi-balls, which were really easy to get to, it's the only wizard mode that I could have got to consistently, are a little bit harder. And then the episodes are still pretty much hit left ramp, hit right ramp, hit uh, boundary, play an ep- uh, play a mission. Sorry, mission, not episodes. So it sounds like I need to contact Roger and tell him to update the code at, on the machine that's over <laughs> at Playfield 76. Yeah, that, I, would, I would throw yeah. 1.01 on. It changes. Uh, it also okay. changes the way that the up post works when you're hitting the uh, orbits. So you get more orbit action, except for when the child is lit, then it'll stop the ball and drop it down into the child area. So, yeah, it's just a bunch of smart little changes that have just really taken that game to another level. Almost, you know, I, I I hesitate to say it, but almost like what Lyman would do for his stern games. He would watch how people played them and he would he would make the proper adjustments. And sometimes they were huge adjustments and sometimes they were small. So maybe Dwight, you know, maybe he just needs to be invested or maybe he just needs the time. But, you know, he's been really active on the Mandalorian forum on Pinside. And uh, he it really seems like they've been taking uh, the player suggestions to heart. That's pretty cool. I like, I'll admit, I really do like the premium. I, I, at first I thought, oh, it's going to, you know, it's going to take the gameplay away with the flow, but I really do like the rotating play field for the uh, premium or the LE that we have, fortunately have. I think it's fun. I think it's fun how it changes the gravity as it changes the angle of it. I don't know if, what's your thoughts? Because you have a pro, so... You know what? I've played the limited edition. I don't think I played a premium. Actually, no, I played a premium because I played the one at uh, Playfield. And it's cool. You know, it's it's one of those things that, like, if I can have it, great, I'll take it. But it's not like not having it ruins the game. Right. It's not necessary. Right. I do like some aspects of the pro where, you know, you can get the, uh, the sneak in. I think that that's a, a fun shot. But, you know, it's it's. Uh, to me, it's one of those things that like I like it when a premium has a feature that it's like, wow, that would be cool to have. But if I wasn't super invested, it's not going to ruin the world for me. Unlike some of the premiums where it's just like, wow, if you don't have this, you're missing half the game. <laughs> Black Knight. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's cool. You know, I I, uh, I don't. I don't weep because I don't have it. But, yeah, if somebody, you know, came up with an upgrade kit, I'd put it in. Right. Obviously, they can't do that. That would be a humongous, ridiculous upgrade. 
<laughs> I only have that like three, three or four games on uh, a premium from uh, the Denver show, the Mile High show. Really enjoyed playing it. I've got so many more games on the pro. You know, yours, Dan, and ones on location. Um, I really enjoy the pro. I I really enjoy it. I think as is. Um, the only change I would make, uh, the ones you made with uh, removing the plastic ramp returns and uh, replacing them with the custom uh, wire form mod kit, which I think really, really makes the game pop. That it does. I have to agree with you on that. It just solidifies uh, it. It just yeah. feels so yeah. much more quality. You know, the other thing that, you know, always gets overlooked on on the LE, actually the big thing is is the way that the ramp works, where it has like the uh, the U-turn and then it has like the little flap. So it'll turn into a, a like a kip up to the ramp. Like that's really, really cool too. That's I do like that. I do I like almost, it does change up the shots a little yeah, bit on that. I almost miss would miss that more than I would miss having the the moving play field. I also like the fact that the upper play field is literally an upper play field because the one kind of complaint I have about the pro is that you really do have to kind of, you know, be six foot tall to really see what's going on with that upper flipper. It's, it's, it's buried in there. That's true. I just stand on my tiptoes. <laughs> yeah. That is true. It's not a Spencer I, shot. So it's nothing new. So for me, I heard you, Brian. What, what did you say? I'm uh, just making fun of Spencer's height. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everybody's played pinball with me. They see me standing on my tiptoes all the time to see an upper part of a play field. You know, I think your strength is that you're at ball level. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I get like down you are there. on the play field where the rest of us are flailing around from orbit. You're like right there. <laughs> I'm in the zone, babe. <laughs> so. Um, unless I'm playing uh, Super Mario Mushroom World, then I, you know, it's like the old Seinfeld joke. I like I like to pretend little hotel soaps are normal size, and my muscles <laughs> are just really big. Right? Yeah, that's me, man. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I think not just the theme because the Mandalorian is such an awesome, awesome addition to the Star Wars universe and canon. But uh, I like I like the layout. I like I, ju- I like everything about that game. You know, um, I think it's a lot of fun. It's it's high on my list of ones I'd love to own someday. Good I, artwork because it's got the, the 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 earth tones, which I like. It's got more of the orange and the because usually we're used to the you know the bright blues and the purples and stuff like that. That's something I'm glad you brought up because I kind of forgot about it. With a lot of the, like looking at pictures of people who got like Ninja Turtles, Godzilla, and like. Um, Oh God! What was the other game before that? Ninja Turtles, Godzilla, and there was one other like all next to each other. And I'm like, until you stop and get close and really take a look, they all just the artwork just all blends in because the color schemes where right. Mandalorian kind of stands out because it's more oranges and browns and right, you right. Know, it, fits with, it fits, it fits with the theme. It fits with the theme. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I think it's. Mandalorian overall is just a really solid game. I think it's going to have long legs on a location and with the collector community. Not just because of the theme, just because it, it, they did a nice overall, you know, it, it, like with Hot Wheels, it's a good total package. It's got a little bit of something for everyone. And it's getting attention now. I think now that Godzilla Mania has come and, and it's subsided a little bit, 
I think a lot of people are looking at the Mandalorian again and, you know, the code update really helped bring some light to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, do you guys want to jump into Godzilla? Godzilla is cool. And I think everyone wants one. I would for sure. I mean, pro premium doesn't matter. That game is pure awesomeness. There's just no, no question. It's going to be game of the year. Every time I play it, it's so much fun to shoot. I love all of the different ways that Keith used all parts of the play field to shoot for. He didn't just go deep shots. He went middle. He went close. He used a pop bumper that was perfect where it was positioned where you got to make that scoop or you're going to run into trouble if you accidentally hit it, the uh, pop bumper. And on top of that, there's shots where you have to hit the pop bumper, kind of like uh, some other games that we're familiar with. Total nuclear. Total nuclear annihilation, exactly. So he was obviously inspired by Denise's design, but the way he did that, but then he took it a step further and he had a shot go around behind the bumper. Have you ever seen that before? That was cool. And then the other one on the left-hand side, how it goes behind the flipper, almost like a floating flipper, which is very interesting design. And it just shoots like butter. It's just so awesome. I I have a little tough time shooting that left ramp. I really have to dial that in to get it perfect but that right one man it is yeah it's so great and then when you got the diverters that are built into the levels of the building how awesome is that to change the direction of the ball thinking it's coming back to your left flipper when in actuality it reverses and comes back to your right flipper Uh, it's just really really well done and then you got the the assets of the shows and the campiness of it and the announcement and the music with the hard rock, you know, heavy metal stuff. And then with the classical, you know, theme music from the old fifties show, just awesome. And then of course you got blue oyster cult. And, you know, I thought that song was going to get a grading, but the good news is that they only did it during multi-ball and you just get fired up as soon as that, building starts collapsing and if you got a shaker motor then it looks like it's really collapsing because the balls start to shake on top of the building it's just pure awesome pure awesomeness i disagree about the blue oyster cult song not being grading i think it is just automatically grading <laughs> well okay but, uh, yeah but that's, that's a small complaint in in the the torrent of awesomeness that that game has it's really yeah. fun to shoot the voice call outs while at first i was like man they're cheesy when I got far enough in to hear some of them, they just get hilarious. You know, what was it like the great googly moogly or something? Good golly, Miss Molly. Good golly, Miss Molly. Jackpot. And I was just like, oh, man, that's just hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, it's got a lot of really fun shots. The gameplay is really smart. Uh, it, it makes great. I mean, I don't give a shit about the theme of Godzilla and it. You know, I I get interested in like, oh, man, now I got to, you know, fight monsters and take over cities and kill tanks and shoot down jets. And yeah, just a really just smart use of of a license that I just would not have known what to do with. I just had stuck in my head. You're Godzilla. You're going to knock down buildings and fight other monsters. Right. Okay, great. That's Godzilla. They really made the game a lot better. The aliens, you know, we are here for Earth's resources. You know, I'm just like, oh, it's, that's, that's hilarious. They really brought home that 50s campy, you know, 60s, you know, Technicolor uh, uh, 
world. Really, it's cool perfect. Game. It, it's perfect. And the, I, what I also love about the game is it kind of has a little reminiscence of Dialed In because it has the map on the screen on the LCD display where you see how much destruction you made in each of the cities. I love that. That's so cool. And with the new code, you can see how much you have left to do for those different modes, like the tank, multi-ball and all that other stuff. And uh, I know that there was a strategy when I was talking to Ted, who owns the game. Uh, he was saying that it's good to switch around different cities and not stay in the same city the whole time. I didn't know that. Have you played the new, new code yet? Well, I heard it's amazing. Dropped. I heard it's amazing. Brian got some time on it. No, I have not got to play it yet with the new code, but um, I was invited tonight, but um, I couldn't make it over there. But you yeah, go. it's, it's yeah. really good. Um, I only got a couple games in on it, but the biggest thing that I liked was uh, that reverse exit shot out of the building. You know, if you hit that and it was normally you're, you're done. The death shot. The death shot. Um, yeah, you now get a bonus if you if you can do that and not lose the ball. And at the same time, if it does go straight down the middle, there's a slight ball save. So they they've compensated for you know one of the big complaints that I've heard about the game was just that that shot was really 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 brutal. Mm-hmm. I did notice the map, but I only got a couple games in on it. It was it's fun. It's a great game. I like it. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's a great, great location game. Uh, we're getting one, we're getting two of them in Reno on location, uh, and then we're also, of course, we have a lot of people around Reno that got the premium or the LE, and it's it's everywhere, <laughs> so it's great. But you can't get enough of it. It's like ah, oh, I still, it's one of those games where everybody has it, but man, I wish I had it too because I would just love to get further and further in the game to see how far I can go. Because yeah. when you battle the monsters. I love how it's a variety. We talked about this before in the other shows, but I love the, the, all the different modes. Like you have to shoot three spinners. I mean, that's awesome. I've never seen that where you like, I mean, yeah, you have like disco loops and stuff like that, but Keith said, yeah, you know what? Let's do three spinners instead to finish that mode. Just awesome. And you know how many spins are left and uh, it's just so great. It just, and then when you do the battle team ups, that's even cooler because you're like, oh, I got all the money. Oh, wait a minute. Now there's a new battle. What is this? It, it, there's always these surprises. Such a damn good game. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to mention um, it's not out and it won't, even if it gets released, it won't probably be shipping in 2021, but I'll go ahead and mention it. Um, Rush is, is pretty much the next game from Stern. So um, there's rumor that's going to be released just this next week after Christmas, but we don't know, you know, so either way, it's not going to be out till 2022. And then they got some other good stuff coming in 2022. Um, but I figure it's worth mentioning just to say, Hey, in case somebody's listening, didn't know about this rush is going to be, that's rush the band. And, uh, the next game from, and I think that's a John Borg, uh, design. I'm, I'm excited sure. about that game. I, I like Rush a lot. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I can't say I'm a fan, but I do love Neil Peart. I am a drummer. So yeah, obviously I'm impressed with all his drumming and I like their music. I love progressive rock. So that fits, yeah. um, but it'll be interesting to see what Borg does. If the game is really good, it's going to sell like crazy. If the game is kind of a dud, it's probably going to be just the Rush fans. Probably a lot of the Canadians that will, of course, Jeff Tillis will probably get one immediately. Um, <laughs> since they are a Canadian band, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Canadians getting that game. 
Uh, but boy, when you see all the things that are happening with like Zeppelin, even though it wasn't the best game, there's still fans out there that will just buy it sight unseen. So I, I, I don't think it's going to be Zeppelin, a done. And I like it, the game. It shoots really well. It, it's fun. The more and more I play it, it's one of those games that grows on you. Yeah. Um, but it's not um, a bad game. Yeah. The question is, what is what is he going to do? Because he, he's got to step up his game. He can't just do the same thing over and over again uh, with his his layouts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He's got to do some kind of cool mech. Like Sparky was a cool mech. I love that. Every time you hit him on, on Metallica, you know, he shakes his head like he's in an electric chair. That always is like an exciting moment in pinball. It's like that. Right. Wow. Like, oh, that's hilarious when he goes. Ah! Well, <laughs> I love that. And it's a good it's point. So good. That Borg does have his styles, right? Like he has he his Tron layout, which you also see on like Ninja Turtles and, you know, maybe kind of like Walking Dead, you know, that's kind of like a weird, a little bit more eclectic. And then he has his Metallica layout, which you see on Metallica and Monsters and Guardians and uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith, thank you. That was the game I was thinking of. So, right. you know, is he going to reinvent the wheel is he or is reinvent he going the to wheel? make Metallica yeah. again? Exactly. And the other question is, is he going to have some kind of mech that fits with the theme of Rush that's the wow factor? Like, Rush is very known in their concerts to use lasers. If they have lasers shooting across the play field, that, play, that game will be sold out in seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like lighting-based, like, they're just so risky. Yeah. Like so yeah, Star Trek, right? Star Trek had the laser projector thing. Just go I mean, multi-ball. There you go, you know. And it was it was okay. Like it did the trick, but I mean, you know, it was red stars and just kind of looked strange. And then you had what disco multi-ball, which I've, you know, I mean, it's fine. And Stranger mm-hmm. Things is probably the game that kind of went the most all in on a lighting based feature with the projector, which I think is fantastic. But I understand in certain environments, it's not ideal. So a lighting based feature is is, is tough. Risky. But Well, it's tough with lasers because you yeah. have to have you have to show the stream of the light. And right. that's where you have to use smoke. And they're yeah. not going to put smoke in a machine right. unless if they do something like that. Holy crap. Yeah. That'd be wild. And, but back to the lighting, like, look what they did with Led Zap, you know, with the expression lighting. I'm willing to bet you that'll make another appearance. And, of course, you know, Guns N' Roses is all about the lighting. So yeah. it's it's probably not outside of the realm of possibility that they will go for some sort of fancy lighting-based feature. Right. Um, but what is symbolic with Rush? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, a maniac on the drums. Yeah. maybe something i don't know that's what i'm excited about maybe it will be just a you know a typical layout that borg does and maybe he will do something and surprise us and not have two in lanes that would be nice try yeah, yeah. something different well, everybody mm-hmm. everybody hates it when you mess with the in lane out lane uh <sighs> situation too much i don't think stern is going to take that chance <laughs> there's oh, some, yeah damn there's some next so, they could do with rush you know, you could take the, um, I think it's supposed to be an owl, like the owl from the from the cover for Fly By Night. Fly and by night. Grab a ball oh, yeah. And do something with it. You know, there's there's some stuff you could do, but you're right. They don't have a lot of, uh, like, imagery like Iron Maiden that goes along, you know, with their, with their stuff. Yeah. But you know what I think will be really cool is the music. The music will fit really well with 
the gameplay. Oh, That's yeah. going to depend entirely on what songs they decide to use. Yeah, because I mean, Rush is like is sporadic. It's not always the same time signature and stuff like that. So it'll fit really well with the motion of the ball. I, like I could imagine hearing a Rush song, you know, like uh, "Time Stands Still" or something like that, and. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to to see it will it give some energy to that game uh, with the emotion of the ball, with the music. I, it, it'll get me pumped up for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a huge rush fan. So it's, it's a, you know, I'm excited about it, but yeah, me too. So we'll jump on to spooky. Cause they actually d- delivered games this year. Well, they delivered, okay. They delivered two games, but it's the same layout. Y'all know it. Halloween and altar man. And we kind of, we kind of talked about these like last episode, I think. So any thoughts? Haven't had the chance to play either of them. Have not had the chance to play either of them either. Me and Mark played them both or no, I didn't play them, but I didn't play Halloween. I looked at it and the lines are super long and I figured, well, if I get on altar, man, I basically played Halloween. So um, it was good. But you know what? Then again, couldn't hear it. Code was early. Blah blah blah. You know it. We'll see how they go. You know. Yeah, they it's all know. about wait and see. Wait, wait and see. see. Yeah, there's really nothing I can say about it. I did play it, but it's not complete. There's just it's. I I didn't know what I was doing, which that obviously that can be a case sometimes with you know when you don't get familiar with a game or or something mm-hmm. like that. But I just played it and. I just didn't get into the progression of the game. I didn't know how to get further in it. I knew how to start modes and I knew how to get up to the play field in the, in the different levels and stuff like that. But I didn't know what the end objective was. That was, that was the hard part for me. Um, The two spooky games I like the most are the one, both of the ones that uh, um, Scott Denise has done. Rick and Morty. I know what I'm doing. That tells me what to do. They, They did a great job on having that code out the gate complete for yeah. the most part except yeah. adding new episodes and stuff and, and like then, that yeah. but, but i mean i mean out of the box it was pretty complete it's got you know it's got everything it hit all it checked all the boxes and then the same with uh um you know with total nuclear annihilation man i mean it just you know the rule set's simple but it's you know let's do one more game man you know and yeah i'm not uh, alice cooper now alice cooper i felt that with like oh this is you know i'm i'm sucking but let's do this again um and and for what it's worth i know a lot of people don't like it um but i really like rob zombie um because it's got to me it's got the feel of a modern game with some of the elements and feel of like a classic uh early 80s Gottlieb system 80 and i really like that um hmm. but i'm just of course you know what man get more time if i get more time on it maybe i'll like them more and if i could hear what's going on so we'll see yeah we um, have to see what happens with the code they get i mean it's it's taken them a little while, but they don't have a lot of assets to work with unless they do. And they're just choosing where they want to put them in the game. With code, that game will be better. It's, it's all dependent on the code. The shots are great. It's fun to get up the different levels and, and yeah. it's challenging. Yeah. But and, and it is. And code like needs to come a long game, way. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, you know what, man, it's, it, it's still early, you know, and everything yeah. in the world going on. Hey, they're still getting games out. God bless them. You know, and the other thing too to think about is you got two different characters of games. You got the same shot layout and everything like that, but you got one that's campy, which would fit perfectly with Godzilla, and then you got one that's real serious. And personally, when I'm playing pinball, I like to have fun and humor versus real serious. Right. I don't know. That's just how I feel. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think most people do. Hey, and But you know what? Halloween's got a set of fans, and it's there for those fans. So it's it's awesome. Right, um, exactly. Let's just move on to CGC because there's not really a lot more to talk about with that. Um, we've all played Cactus Canyon. Some of us have played Cactus Canyon Continued. Mark, you're the only one who's played the Cactus Canyon reissue, as far as I know. It's super fun. I played it again. I actually went over to Playfield 76 just a couple of days ago just to go, oh, let me see if that was really you know, a great game or not. But it is fun to shoot. It is easy to shoot the shots. They're nice and wide and everything. But the humor behind it and the pop-up targets for hitting the bad guys, the integration of the topper to move your uh, left or your right flipper buttons to move the little LED on the top, to shoot the bad guys is a lot of fun. It's challenging. I can't pass it, but I'm trying to. Um, it's a gorgeous game. They did a really good job on the lighting, the models. Uh, they did a great job on on redoing Bar- Big Bart so that uh, he looks a little more meaner and not not like a, like a humorous figure. And it's great how they use some of the callouts i have not heard on the original game because originally they had a lot more callouts that the actors did and they didn't use it in the, the game that was pretty for the most part unfinished so they were able to use those now and build it into the code now the question is is lyman going to knock it out of the park i haven't been disappointed with his code yet but the code that's there right now is great while we're waiting for that new code to come out from Lyman. So we'll see what happens, but I think it is a great game. Uh, it will be on a permanent play that you can play at either Playfield 76, and then it moves over to press start in the next couple of days, actually, as soon as they officially open. And uh, they will have that available to play. So we will have a Cactus Canyon remake. There's some issues with Big Bart on the top. The arm came off, and we saw that also happen at Expo. Uh, but that's because there were 3D printed parts, and they didn't have the actual cast molds. Uh, so they're getting new parts put in and uh, to fix that. But it's it's a gorgeous game. It's fun. It's so a when fun you guys have game. In Reno, for folks that don't know, you're from Reno. Yeah, because um, there may be some listeners that don't know. Mark is from Reno, Nevada, folks. Um, so if you want to stalk him, now you know where to start. Now you know where to start. So there you go. Uh, the one you guys currently have is a prototype. It is a prototype. Yep. It's and prototype number one, right? Prototype number one. Yep. Owned by Rick Bartlett. He got the first prototype and uh, it's basically out out in the field to for testing to see uh, how things are going with that. But I played it and it's been out. It was funny because when they opened up the coin door, because uh, we were putting them on free play, there were that it was full of quarters. Nice. So, so it just goes to show you, it's not a, you know, it's not a licensed theme. I mean, to us it is, of course, because yeah, we're Cactus Canyon fans, but to the general public, it was chock full of quarters. So obviously the way that they displayed the world under glass for a Western theme is captivating a lot of people and people are playing it all the time. So there you go. Well, I don't think there was ever any doubt that Cactus Canyon's a great looking game. And I think that it's really, it was, it was a testament to what Bally Williams did in those later days, you know, after they had all the Johnny mnemonics and demolition mans and all these movies that were probably the you know, Congos that were a little disappointing 
that they went back to going with just like good, solid, generic themes, you know, aliens, castles, westerns, you know, and then some questionable ones, junkyard. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, what was a what's the barroom ball uh, brawl one? Champion. Pub. Yeah. Champion. Pub, Champion you know? pub. Just like I really that cool. Game. Yeah. Just like really cool, generic, you know, games. And I think that it's a testament that like, you know, you went to, you know, a place like Playfield 76, you plunked the game down. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure that plenty of people who played it were, you know, pinball aficionados who are curious. But I'm sure a ton of people who played it were just like, wow, this game looks neat. It's cowboys and Indians and, and you know, gunslingers. And let's pop a dollar into this and see what it's all about. Exactly. And the other thing, too, is you can see all the way across the room, you see the top, the topper, you know, moving and animating on top. Uh, that is really cool, too. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's very captivating for people who uh, never played it before. They they get curious out of it and pop quarters in it. So it's doing really well on location. It's press start. Uh, do they still have Monster Bash one as well? Yes. In fact, it is there right now as we speak. There we go. Come play. Early prototype, pieces of history, only in Reno. Exactly. And and good all-you-can-eat buffet, too. Yes. But not a press start. Yeah, I was going to no. say, really? I'm there. What am I even doing here? Get in the car, Ryan. The restaurant is opening soon, but they're still getting more supplies. But the other half, which is press start, is is pretty much close to official opening, which we'll talk about later. Yep. Well, let's, let's talk about American Pinball. Um, Hot Wheels really is the only thing shipping right now, um, but it came out in 2000 and uh, it's it, with COVID and everything else, but it's slowly built up steam and it's a really, you know, we, we did a deep dive into it. It's a great game. So now the they got deepest of, dive. Deepest dive. Yeah, the deepest and, dive. And we, we made a whole bunch, yeah, we made a whole bunch the of longest new, dive. We made a bunch, of, a bunch of new friends over to American Pinball and we are not paid to do the, they give us nothing. Hot Wheels fan number one. Yeah, they, they, those dudes have not sent us a sticker, a t-shirt, nothing. So, you know, we're not being paid, just so you know. Um, nope. Uh, but I, I'll have to say that they they obviously shared it with people because we had good list, uh, good listener viewership for that episode. But uh, oh, yeah. it, I still love it. I still love the game. Uh, I have not beaten it yet. Uh, if I play it continuously, maybe I can. I did get to Draven finally, but I, it's tough to beat him. It's a good so. game. It's a great game. It's fun. And I love the co-op. The team play is really nice. And they're going to probably have new code to even up the ante with their rules. But as it is right now, it's super fun to play. I love it. I would be interested to see how they've sold. I mean, it feels like we know at least a few people who've bought them. And it, it, you know, it seemed to be like this perfect theme right like hot wheels there's a legion of adult collectors it's popular with kids it's family friendly but it doesn't come off as overly cheesy or goofy like i i really hope that they see a lot of success with this because i really 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 want them to make a transformers game based on the toys oh no doubt that would be awesome that would be amazing Yeah, yes. everybody wants one based on the toys. Ah, no, no. You know, I wish these guys, you know, they've done everything right. They came out of the gate. American Pinball really are the, they're, they're you know, them the spooky man, the two little companies that could. They came out of the gate with John Papa Duke and a bunch of BS. 
and they stumbled real bad and went, uh-oh. But you know what? They turned it around, and within, what, seven months, eight months, they had a working production model game of Houdini, got it out the door, got it out to people, did a second game. Two games in a row after all that, more or less, Houdini was a, a soft license. You know, the guy's been dead for a century, so you can kind of do whatever the hell you want, and who's going to say anything? Right. And then, and then, you know, they, they come out with another, you know, uh, polarizing, non-licensed theme, which I think all of us in the room just absolutely love. I love that game. I love the game. I love the theme. I love the in- integration. Oktoberfest? Oktoberfest is just the shit, yeah. man. I love that game. And it has its fans, and it's sold a, a it's bit. It's fun. I, I do like Oktoberfest. Yeah, they, it's fun. They've done everything counter to what everybody says. You know, if you want to be successful, here's what you do. Well, and that's then, what I was asking is, are, have they been successful? You know, I I don't know how many games that they've sold. I hope that they sold enough to make it worth their while. And there's big rumors about what they had a project. They were working with Spooky. They were working with Ben Heck. And we haven't seen much on that. But, you know, I'm hoping I think, that they got yeah. something cool coming up. The issue is they have a small factory and they don't have enough employees to build the demand of games. Uh, I like I said, there it, it was pretty small. It was definitely a, a miniature version of. Well, obviously Stern is the powerhouse of manufacturing, but it it was definitely you could tell it was going to take a little longer to get your game. And I know for a fact that if I would have ordered my Hot Wheels and waited maybe like a couple weeks later to order it, I would I would have probably been waiting till the new year to get it. Right. Now, I don't know if that's because parts are on back order and there's a supply chain issue and stuff like that. But according to them, they are totally, uh, they have a lot of people on the waiting list to get Hot Wheels. I don't doubt it. So, but game. we don't know. I don't know how many they sold, but I know for a fact that it is definitely a, an, a high demand game that people want for American Pinball. Now, Legends of Valhalla, don't know about that either. I, I liked it. I thought it was fun to shoot. I got to play it at Expo. And I would like to get more time on it. And hopefully somebody in Reno will get one and really get to learn the rules and, and shoot it. But I thought it was fun to shoot. Had a couple of bugs in it at first, but uh, I think they took care of that. It was something with the lock in the ship that it didn't detect it. So you had to do a ball search to find it and, you know, simple stuff like that. Um, but I don't know, we'll see what we'll see how that comes about. But obviously nothing's shipped from them yet. Right. Uh, because everything's at a standstill. I'm hoping it goes away eventually so we can get things when we expect them, but yeah, that's the way it is. Also, oh, no um, one's gotten Valhalla yet. Yeah. No, 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 they haven't shipped any. As far as Not I that I'm aware any. of. No, only mm-hmm. on lo- only location play where they test, they put out their test machines. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. I do want to bring up a point about Legends of Valhalla, and I'm so happy for Riot Pinball because they did everything right. Right in the dead center of, you know, uh, the Kevin Kulik thing with Predator and with the uh, Zidware, John Papaduke nonsense and this all this other BS. Here's, you know, here's the guys from uh, Guy or Guys from uh, uh, Riot Pinball, and they're doing. Uh, uh, what was the first game they did? Uh, Wrath of Olympus, okay? Which Russ and I talked about for years wanting uh, to see somebody do uh, Greek mythology pinball machine, and they did. And, you know, they took pre-orders for it through Spooky. Said, you know, Spooky said, if we can get 100 orders, you know, prepaid, you know, with, with a deposit, we can make this game. That didn't happen. So they gave back every penny, 
You know, they refunded every single person. Nobody lost out. Nobody got cheesed. Um, they're honorable. They did the right thing. And, you know, they're getting the short end of the stick because these other clowns aren't doing the right thing. So I'm so happy for these guys that they're finally getting, you know, their due and that their game's getting made by a legit company that's going to produce the game and get it to the customers and maybe get a few on location and people, you know, and, and hopefully we see more from them. So I'm and, really and, yeah. and not only that, but they're well built. And they're not just great games. They're well built. Yeah. And, yeah. And American games are, they I, are they, solid. That's what I, everybody says is they're, they're really well made. They're well made. Yeah. And and the other highlight, too, of 2021 is that Stephen Bowden left that shit show and now is at a great company. And he's going to contribute a lot to that, solidifying the rules and doing whatever his his title is. I mean, he's probably got a lot of hats. Really happy. And they're going to see how he fits in there. But I think he's going to really enjoy himself there. And, and, uh, that was, that was a nice thing to see when I was there and I was like, Oh, what are you doing, Steve? Oh yeah. I'm working for American pinball. So that was a highlight of 2021 that he, he got out of that cesspool and now he's in, in something that's a lot more, a lot more and purpose. (laughs) Yeah. He's actually in a pinball company. that's actually going to make pinball machines. So exactly. And more power to him. God bless him. I hope he has a better 2022. I hope everybody does. Agree. Stuck over there, except for two people. And we, we already know who they are. So um, I'm going to go ahead and move on to Haggis. And I'm only going to move on because they ain't shipping. Well, they, I don't know what they ship. But they're supposed to be making the Fathom reissue. Standard version, then like the Super Deluxe model that's got new code and blah, blah, blah. Um, there's rumors and bumps in the road. I'm going to say it right here, right now. You give these guys a penny before they got a, something in a box to give you. You just don't. Okay. Don't, don't give these limey bastards a red cent until they got something in a box worthwhile that they can prove they can deliver the goods. Cause right now they ain't proven shit. Except so. Celts. I, a lot of people are saying they like that game. I'm hearing a lot of people say it's really fun to still, shoot. And they're still making them. Why aren't they, yeah. why aren't they making, uh, why aren't they, they making need to patterns? start making fathom. I agree. People are they giving need to them get money. That. They need to deliver a product. And that's, yeah, that's great. Right. looks like a lot of fun. It really does. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we're here in the U.S. They're in Australia. But they're taking money for Fathom, and they're still shipping Kelts. They need to start shipping Fathoms. They need to say, here it is. Here's our line. And uh, they need they need to throw it all, all out on the table, and they need to do that quick. Otherwise, there's going to be another chucklehead is taking people's money for nothing. So I'm I'm hoping Damien is not that way because from what I see, he's being transparent in his YouTube videos, giving us updates. And at least there's progress in those updates versus Deep Root, where they just kept coming up with excuses to not have anything in progress. At least you see a fathom that was behind him. And maybe, yeah, it was maybe only the one that they produced, you know, for their prototype and stuff. But I have faith in them. I think they'll be okay. It's just the problem with Australia is they've been shut down so much out of any other country. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but we can't use that as an excuse for everything. But people giving you money, you better deliver, period. Don't care. Don't care. I I have zero patience for when when somebody hands you $7,000, you better deliver and you better do it quick. That's it. Otherwise, go, you know, you know what, man, take your ball and go home. Okay, this is, you know, time to put on big boy pants. You want to play in the big leagues with the big boys, you better start building games. 
I, I have no patience or tolerance for any of these clowns anymore. Because guys, because yeah. guys like American been doing it right. Guys like Spooky been doing it right. Guys like, uh, um, you know, CGC for the most part, as far as I can tell, I've always, yeah, they've done it right, you know, and they're delivering games. Um, you know, and of course, uh, Stern and of course, Jersey Jack, who we're not really talking about Jack just because, well, they haven't produced anything new this year. They're still just trying to get Guns N' Roses built. So they have so many order. orders of those. And it's a freaking awesome game. Gosh, every awesome time game. I play it, and I played it at press start, and man, yeah. it's such a fun game. So and they're between, making more Willy Wonkas. There you go. Yeah, they're doing more Willy Wonkas. Wonka's really growing on me now, too, That's with the I new code. Oh, we are, man, that we have game become is good. gigantic fans of Willy Wonka in this yeah. uh, part of the part of the world. Yeah, I'm I'm addicted. It's good. And Brian's now that they a fixed tough it. sell. It's it brought, you gotta really make a good game because Brian, you think I'm harsh on these guys. Brian's a tough sell. So if Brian likes something, you know it's good. What do you like about it? Since we're talking about Jersey Jack, what do you like about Wonka? Well, the, 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 the theme is, is okay. Like the theme is not what sells it on, sells it for me. Um, I like the variety of shots. It flows very nice. It has like the dialed in Lawler feel to it. Um, I just, I like the rules. It's when I, once I finally figured it out, uh, playing at Jason Fesler's, you know, once a month, that's all I play over there anymore. We went two Saturdays ago. We were there for like eight hours. I played two games of Ghostbusters, and the rest of the time I was on Willy Wonka. Yeah, the new rule set makes all the difference. It was always a really – I mean, it's maybe the nicest shooting game ever made. Like, it shoots – It does shoot good. Incredibly smooth. And, I mean – it's funny that, you know, we talk about Godzilla and we talk about Keith Elwin and all the cool things that he does. And I think that a lot of people need to remember that, like, you know, Pat Lawler is is a master of the craft. You know, Steve Ritchie's a master of the craft. And those guys make games that shoot like nobody else's games. And, you know, it shoots impossibly nice. And the things that you do in it are fun. And the new rule set where you can actually, you know, you finally feel like you're making some progress through the game. And it's not quite as tedious as it was like it was the right move because it really woke that game right the hell up. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I'm always looking for one. And, and the light show is <laughs> the light show is so amazing. Yeah. We don't have one on location. We need to get a Wonka on location somewhere, but um, uh, we are borrowing it from Marcus. He's, he traded uh, with uh Ted for Avengers as a temp trade just to see how he liked it. But we have Wonka here to play and I hope it's there for new year's cause I want to play it a lot more and get time on it. But having the new code and making it a little easier to get through the modes, well not get to the modes, but get further in the game uh, is uh, a game changer because before I, I, I do like the, like the kid multiball where you have to collect it and hit the captive ball every time to collect a kid so that was starting to get a little more understandable, but I was really excited when I got to uh, Wonka's office. And usually that's impossible to get to on the old code. It took forever. And to be able to experience that, how cool is that to make shots of the only side you could, whether it was lit and then it switched off. Oh, it's so good. Well, before Such a it, was cool just, mode. it was impossible to start anything. That was my problem. Like I'll start yeah. making one mode and I'd be like, well, there was a game of Wonka. But yeah, the new code, again, they really opened it up and it's a lot more fun. They did a similar thing back in the day with Metallica, where 
you had to really grind through the game. And then they came back and said, oh, now you have to hit less shots to, to get to the crank it up modes. And right. It's like, hey, you know, you don't always need to make your games hard as balls. You know, how about making them fun? And, and then right. you'll like to play them. So, yeah, Wonka's great. Fantastic. And the light game. show is perfect. How light colorful it is. I mean, it's Candy World. Hello. And it's it the fits. right. You're right, there. Thank you. It's the right game for that level of colorfulness. Yep. You know, a lot exactly. of games, they go a little crazy because they can. Wonka, they, they, it looks right. And so it's really good that, you know, Jersey Jack is, is making more. And, uh, you know, of course, Guns N' Roses, you know, which was a last year game, but still, I love to talk about it is the most awesome game ever made. So yeah, Jersey Jack, man, keep it going. I still wish I could learn the rules easier though. I just, I, one of these days, I I mean, the only one I can think I can step up to and figure out is like dialed in, but guns and roses. I still have no clue what I'm doing. I guess I have to have a long conversation with you, Dan, to teach me because I do not know what I'm doing in that game. All I know is I have fun and I'm rocking out to any song that's played by Guns N' Roses It'll and be with the light show short, and everything. It'll be a super short conversation and you'll be like, really? That's it? Uh, <laughs> it's not that complicated of a game. The patches are what I don't get. I don't get the patches. Patches? Patches? Yeah. <laughs> we don't need no stinking patches. <laughs> the, the patches are the strategy. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, and, and there is and even I don't have like a good grasp of like like combinations of patches will really blow that game wide open, right. um, you know, but yeah, it's 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 super fantastic. And the light show is absolutely second to none. And uh, oh, there's no comparison. You know, even my wife was impressed when she saw it. she's like, well, I this is, really you cool. know, I really was hoping. I mean, I know that they weren't going to make an announcement at Expo, but I was really hoping for them to announce whether it's Toy Story or whether it's whatever they, they're going to do next. You know, I do think that the Jersey Jack releases are what makes the pinball world go round. And I think that Godzilla was a direct response to that. Stern saying, hey, look, we're the big dogs and we can make big, fancy games, too. But I'm really thinking that, you know, Jersey Jack has just proven over and over and over that, you know, they make the Cadillacs of pinball machines. And maybe there have been some quality issues, unfortunately, and maybe they are often tricky to keep, you know, running at 100 percent. But they are the, the biggest and the baddest and the fanciest. And they're the pinball machines that when I look at spending, you know, nine thousand dollars on a pin that I go, hey. It's expensive, but you get what you pay for. Right. And the other thing, too, is what's great about it is that they do really find killer themes. And the other idea, too, is maybe there's a delay of not announcing the next game because they are trying to finally figure out what's going on with these play fields and come up with a solution that maybe we don't know about. But they're doing that behind the scenes to prepare for their next game. And I think they're going to do the same thing they did with guns and roses that they will announce when they're ready to ship, because that was a problem they've had in their previous games where they announce it. And then you're waiting six months for it to get it. Uh, The best thing they did with guns and roses is they shipped it when they announced it and they're still making them. And there's just so many orders of them. They can't do another game right now, but I wish they could do two a year. It would be nice, but they, they have their whole factory dedicated to producing Wonka's and uh, and uh, the uh, Guns N' Roses. 
machines. At this point, I just want them to keep doing what they're doing, except for, you know, maybe just do us a favor, guys, and uh, let's button up that pirate's code. Yeah. There's a thousand of us out there waiting for it. Yeah, where's the end, the ultimate end wizard mode? It's not there yet, right? I don't know. I mean, I've never come yeah, so no to does. it anyway. I would just like it to be done. I'd like to have the Scorbit implementation, but I would really just like to get the monkey off of the back of Pirates of the Caribbean that it hasn't gotten that code so that everybody can just shut up about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Works for me. Works for me. So... In between, because uh, we still have Multimorphic, which has had a really banner year. Um, we have, I don't even know who's doing it, but I've seen the videos and we've talked about it off air. We have uh, Rudy's Nightmare, which is like a, an expansion rewrite kit with art for uh, Funhouse. And I'll go ahead and start. The boys who ever did Rudy sucks and the artwork sucks. Uh, Rudy's, you know, Funhouse is a near perfect game. Why are you messing with it? You know, uh, when they did uh, the 2.0 for uh, Bride of Pinbot, Bride of Pinbot's a beautiful game, but it doesn't have the deepest rule set. And they did a nice job on the rewrite, right? Rewrite. That was Dutch, of course, Dutch Pinball. Who, who are these guys doing the Rudy's Nightmare? I would have to look it's that some up. Some weird name. It's like. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I'll look it up. They, they suck. They suck. The voice sucks. The art sucks. Not no sale. Not interested. You don't have yes. a fun house. It's not targeted to you. <laughs> well, this is a wait and see, but it's not going to be waiting for long because uh, Reno is getting one of those, and we can really be the judge of that. Uh, in fact, um, Reno Pinball, which is our uh, YouTube channel. We are going to be creating a installation video that's going to explain how to retrofit it with the new components and help people who get their 2.0 kit to have it installed into their existing Funhouse machine. So that's going to be exciting. And we also are going to be streaming it probably at a private location first, and then we'll probably stream it at a public location, which is going to be once again at press start. And I know I'm plugging that, but if you want to play games that you've never played before that are not anywhere else, the reason why we're very fortunate is because we have Rick Bartlett who lives in our area and he gets all the prototypes that we get to play on location and he shares them with us. So uh, I like the code from what I saw from just that simple video that they did of the overview. I'll agree with you, Spencer. I don't like the back glass. I think the original one is way better. It, it's too creepy. It looks creepier, in my opinion. And it's creepy already as it is. And the call-out is not as good as the original Rudy. I agree. Um, but the way that it's going to enhance that game with the different modes, it looked pretty fun. We'll see. Awesome. We'll see if it's I, fun I, house or bummer house. We don't know yet. Well, with what I saw in the live show that they made the changes, it was really boring. It was just, let's make the clock go around in circles. Okay. Oh, in the light show, I watched part of the video, like they're showing the different modes, and then they're showing the light show. And all, all I saw in the light show was, well, now the lights blink around the clock in succession really fast. So, oh, okay. You know, I see. So, if you have epilepsy, don't play this game. Yeah. It, 
Like, color me completely unimpressed. Funhouse is one of the top 10 games ever built. And it's a Pat Lawler game, which, you know, automatically you know it's going to be pretty good. Um, I just, they had a chance to do something really great, and I don't think they're even, I'm like, hey, you know what, man? I'll play and give it a chance. But right now, there's nothing there that's making me go, I really want to play this. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the company is called Pedretti Gaming, by the way. And okay. I guess that their claim to fame is that they're manufacturing Alien for the Pinball Brothers. Oh. Okay. So my thoughts on Funhouse 2.0 is coming from someone who's been a fan of that game since it was first released. It was coming my, from our Funhouse owner. It was my... Still my favorite game ever built. It was the first game I bought. I still have it. If it wasn't broken, <laughs> I would play it every day. Um, my biggest in there, you know, a new video dropped yesterday. Um, I think it was done by Pedretti, but I'm not sure. It's about three minutes long. Like Spencer said, I can't stand the voice. And Ed Boone is still alive, and he did the voice of Rudy. That could have been easily fixed by reaching out to him. Maybe it wasn't in the budget. I don't know. Maybe it still can be. Maybe it still can be. Yeah, that could be just, you never know. That could be just for the trailer, just to get a trailer Maybe, out there. Like I don't like the artwork. It's just, it's not my style. But the biggest thing I saw in the new video that dropped, and this may have been a sync issue with the video, is that there were several times in that video where you could hear Rudy's voice and that jaw was not moving at all. And that may yeah. be early code. It may be a problem with the video. But for me, that's just, no, that's unacceptable. That is the point of Funhouse. Rudy's Funhouse, when he talks, the mouth moves. Yeah. Like, you can't not have that. And the eyes. He has expressions. I almost bet you it was it was syncing issue i don't i think it was they were just did the sound clip and then they just showed the video of the of the gameplay but they probably didn't have it 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 combined i don't know uh we'll find out like i said or i'm gonna get firsthand witness and uh playing to see if it is what it's all cracked up to be i'm excited about it but i'm pretty optimistic guy so i'm open to anything but i am also realistic to say that i'm gonna see before I'm not making make any judgment until I actually play it and see. But I want yeah. to play it. I want to play it, but it's not something I would consider dropping into my funhouse. Um, mainly since it costs more than what I spent on my funhouse 20 years ago. But uh, I like the original. It's not, I don't need every single game to be the most complicated thing on the planet. I like it because it is simple and it's fun. Mm -hmm. I love the upgrade idea. And, you know, if you look at the price of the unit, and I don't know if it's still, I mean, I think originally they announced 2000. Now I think it's gone up a little bit. Like 2500. Right. You know, when you consider that you get a new display, a new panel, you get a, you get a fast board, you get a pin sound. There's a lot of hardware. It's not just, you know, you're paying $2,000 and getting a, uh, a chip. So there is, you know, it's a very installed, you know, a very involved install. And I'm I'm really curious, you know, to see what you guys see when you get your hands on one and, and it gets put in more than just, you know, how it looks or how it plays. Because there are a lot of games that like this could be really cool for, especially if they include the option to play the original version like they did on Bride of Pinbot 
And uh, I think I think it looks super, super cool. I mean, the art can be corrected. You know, even the voice, you know, if, if somebody, you know, felt passionate enough about it, you know, can be corrected. But, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is it looks really, really cool with the new display. And it looks really, really cool with the magic mirror display. And hopefully they have some good rules and modes and it just doesn't end up being uh, lame. Yeah, the animations are actually pretty good on the display from what I saw. It, I just it think pretty the cool. art style is not the best. No. But it looks sleek and nice. You know, the right. graphics, the, the, the titles and stuff look fantastic. Yeah, I, I think the way I look at it is, to me, I agree with you, Brian, that the game is good as the way it is. But when I play it and I beat it, I wish there was more. And this web two point or this uh, two point version is going to give me that wish because it's it's pretty easy to beat. You get the mirror, you get your your you know your multi or your um, multi ball, and then you try to hit it into the hidden stairway or the hidden trap door, and that's it. You're done. No, There's nothing not more it. to you it. You can still have to complete the mirror for your super frenzy, and it then you can restart it. But it's a system 11 game. And a lot of people compare it to the newer games with the crazy amounts of code now. Right. And they forget that this game is like, what, 35 years old? It was way ahead of its time when it came out. Oh, yeah. I'll admit that. Yeah. I mean, when I saw a talking animated head, like seeing something like from Disney World or Disneyland in a pinball machine, that was pretty awesome Funny, for that you technology. Can, you can tie the... The t- you know the toys on the playfields and everything now that goes directly to Rudy. He was the first major toy. Yeah, fun hour. Whirlwind had the spinning discs. You know, oh look, you know this mag- roller games has a magnet. None of them had the interactivity that Rudy did. But was he a plastic space shuttle? Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> uh, Rudy. Rudy's amazing, and Rudy. Rudy was was the deal breaker. I'm going to cut in real quick to let everybody know that another Dan has appeared. All right. What's up, everybody? Dan, how you doing, man? Hey, Dan. Welcome to the no, show. Guys. Dan Costa, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. Spencer, who, else is, uh, who else is on? Mark Scoff. Oh, what's up, Mark? Hey, Dan. I didn't doing know well. It was that, Mark. I told you. <laughs> yeah. So other Dan is hosting us tonight. We're hanging out in his garage trying to stay warm. And uh, he's finished with uh, daddy duty. So he's going to come in here and I'm sure join in the conversation. So, awesome. Shadow's the best game ever made. Yeah, yours looks great. <laughs> yeah. It's a great game. Yeah, the play field's over that. here and the back glass is over there. So. I'll say that. All, All right, right. So are we done with are we done with Funhouse 2.0? Yeah, let's jump into Multimorphic. And uh, I want to point out something real quick because we're talking about, well, you know, Godzilla game of the year. Probably, uh, probably a no-brainer and, and well deserved. Um, but if you look at the Pinside Top 100, now Godzilla has been number one for a while. It wasn't like just few people voted it up and then a few more people jumped back in and voted Medieval Madness back up, like usually happens. Godzilla now, for about you know, six to eight weeks, has been sitting comfortably at number one. Medieval Madness has not been sitting at number two for about a month now. Heist has. Really? For over a month, or about a, right about a month, Heist has been sitting at number two. 
Did we talk about Heist last episode? We did. We did. We and now that, that game kicks ass, Heist to be honest with you. Dope. Heist is so cool. And so awesome to play. So I think uh and now um now I you Mark, you're the only oh no, wait. Wait, Mike Gar uh not Mike Garcia, I'm sorry. <laughs> um Dan <laughs> Costa, sorry about that. Um you guys both went to Expo, and you both played Sorcerer's Apprentice? Correct. Nice. Correct. Okay. What would you guys think about that? Because I haven't played it, but I played uh, Heist, and I'm crazy in love with it. Go ahead, Mark. I really enjoyed uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. I thought it was really fun to be able to get the different objects to get the spells. So you really had to figure out the different shots you made to be able to get the items to get further in the game. It wasn't more, it wasn't less mode based. It was more or less like try to get further by collecting these items to be able to defeat the the bad guy or the sorcerer or whatever. I, I didn't really get a total grasp on the story for the most part, but it was really fun the way that they put it together to, to collect items and be able to get further in the game. I don't know how else to say that. Maybe Dan, you could explain it better than me, but I liked it. I thought it was really neat. And especially using the play field with the, uh, uh, with the cart racing one. Oh yeah. I think that, that one was broken when I stepped up to it, but yeah, I, I played Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, that was my first time ever playing a P3. Um, and I, I guess I'll have a, I guess I have a different view <laughs> from Mark. I, I couldn't stand the flippers. I don't know, Mark, if, if you how you felt about them, but they felt very strange. Um, yeah, and uh, I know they just released some kind of flipper upgrade kit. Yeah, like a new flipper module. But I this one seemed uh, like the old version, so I guess there's more to come. But I thought it was a cool platform. Um, I'm glad I got to get some time on it. Uh, honestly, I, I walked away after Ball 2 because it just kind of seemed like chopping wood. Like to Mark's point, you're collect all, collecting all these things and, you know, trying to progress through, uh, I guess, different tasks. And um, I, I just, yeah, I di it didn't really do much for me on the call outside. I wish I could have got to play Heist, um, but it was broken. <laughs> there were two P3 oh, machines oh, there. Sorcerers uses Cosmic Kart Racing, right? Correct. Yeah, that's that's the correct one. Those Thank you. Cosmic Kart Racing. Yeah, which I'm sure is great for cosmic car racing, but I mean, yeah, that's just all that is is shots, just shot, 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 shots. So yeah, it's pretty much shots. Yeah, but all it's not as good as heist. I'll tell you that heist is fantastic. Playfield module is a work of art. Like it's, it's really it's cool. fantastic. It's just yeah, it's got everything going for it. It's got the nice 3D models in the back with the city layout. Uh, the crane cool is so cool good. It's crane mech is so one of the best toys. I still don't understand why that did not get toy of the year. I don't get it, but that was it's so cool because it's a magnet. It's a it does so many things. It's a bash it's, toy. It's so it, animated. It, it's yeah. so good. It's yeah. so good. Well, I like you know, the fact that you got multimorphic though. They're they're still improving the system. I mean, you know, it's it's the most cutting edge pinball that there's ever been, and it's like damn near ten years old. They're still upgrading the system. They're still doing fancy new things. They're bringing new talent in. They're upgrading our packages. They just, I really want to see those guys 
figure it out. I really want to see them find the license and and find the magic bullet and find the price point and everything so that, you know, pinball people will go like, hey, you got to have a multimorphic. It's fantastic. You know, and, and heist is the only thing that so far I've played on it that I'm like, so how much is this? Ten, twelve thousand dollars? Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, I don't know if I'm buying one, but I mean, I can see now why you would. Right. I can live, I can live off Simon and tuna fish for five years. No problem. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> well, the good news is we have a heist at press start. So if you want to come down to Reno, we, we got one that you can play on location. As soon as the weather gets better, from what I hear, you guys are getting pounded right now. Oh, yeah. The chances of people coming over the pass are very slim <laughs> this next yeah. week. We're yeah, getting a lot nice of snow. the last few days, but apparently it's about to be pretty not nice again. So no, That's why I came up to Sacramento when I did, because I knew that would be the last time until the spring. Good yeah. <laughs> yeah. The temperatures get above just above freezing at night because of the rain clouds. I'm all about it. Yep. Yeah. So Multimorphic has just brought on board uh, Bowen Kieran's and Colin McAlpine to do rules and uh, help out with uh, code and stuff like that. So, like like Dan said, man, they're bringing on new talent. They got new art packages. They're making improvements. Um, you know, can't wait to see more from them. You know. Um, so I don't want to talk shit, but what happened? With Bo and Karen's and Spooky. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I heard something not too far back about how, I mean, I don't I don't think that they're blood enemies or anything, but basically Bowen just sort of sounded like I went in there, I did what I was asked to do, and that was it. And I was like, like oh. an independent contractor. That's what it was like. It wasn't like he was working for Spooky. He was just helping with a project. Yeah. Right? But Spooky thinks like, you know, they're all one big pinball family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's interesting that he didn't have more to say. I mean, and don't get me wrong. It's not like uh, Charlie's, you know, on great terms with everyone all the time. You know, he and uh, Ben Heck, you know, they were they were at it for a while. Right. So but and now they're back together. He's, he's back to work uh, in the industry. I'm sure he'll do great work. For Multimorphic. And uh, who is the other guy? Now, Colin McAlpine is good because he's a great pinball player as well. I mean, both are really good pinball players as far as uh, uh, national status, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, actually, worldly status. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I think the bottom line is that Multimorphic has to come out with a licensed theme and then they're going to sell like hotcakes. Even though Heist is a great game, they need a theme. Well, if they get a licensed theme, there's going to be more people buying multimorphic machines. Need, I don't know. That, it just license, seems like that. Okay, that yeah. takes advantage of the platform. If you get exactly. a game in top 10, you'll start selling more games automatically. I mean, imagine if you... Because the great thing about multimorphic is it takes care of the, the, you know, the lower part of the play field because you have shots on the screen. Imagine taking actual assets from a movie or something and incorporating that with the interactivity of being able to make shots of of things that come up that are based on that movie theme. Imagine that they could get like cool. a Halo. Right. Yeah. Or you Zelda. Know, yeah, or Zelda. Nintendo would never play ball, but Zelda would be a great one. 
you know, and, and they could make like a, a high style play field module for it that has the recognizable, you know, just, right. you know, recognizable stuff and then have like the real graphics on the display. My big problem with, with P3 has always been that like, it looks like something that I would play on my iPhone for free combined with pinball. Right. Yeah. And Heist is the first game. I mean, and don't get me wrong. It's not that the graphics and Heist blow me out of the water, but they're good. Uh, they're it's good. made up for it by having the really, really cool play field and the really, really cool toy and the somewhat odd decision to have a third flipper button. But it, And the rules are good. Yeah. The rules are great fun. on it's that just game. Shit. If, they had, if they had stuck Grand Theft Auto on that, mm. yeah, they, they could print money. Like, there are there are pinball people who are are you know the the crossover between video game fans and pinball people it has to be monstrous you know especially you know not the older set but the younger set and yeah you know if if they would bring us that you know we would we would be willing to play ball especially if we had the the not maybe not guarantee but the possibility that it's like hey we can do halo this year we can do you know, God of War next year, or I mean, I meant to say Gears of War, but you know, or Forza or whatever, you know, like, you know, just, it's smart. Just give, give people the franchises that they want in the pinball realm. And they're not going to get Star Wars. They're not going to get, you know. I think you nailed it on the head, Dan. Come up with a theme that's a video game theme to utilize the screen to go with a pinball theme. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense. You know, you'd have assets, you'd have, you know, maybe even programmers, you know, who could just do this for real and not have it look like something that somebody made in, in, you know, in their spare time. Right. You know, cosmic heart racing looks like it's probably super fun, but graphically, you know, it doesn't blow you away. Right. It's got a lot of LEDs. That's pretty fancy. <laughs> and it does have that cool magnet. Yeah, that, that accelerates it. That's cool. You know, they did a baseball game about a year and a half ago. Right. Like a pitch and bat. Like a pitch and bat. Yeah. But you have two flippers, but it's really uh-huh. fun. I mean, it, it is fun. And, like, and you can only flip it once. Yeah. And it's not as, <laughs> yeah, right. As games go, the module for it is not stupid expensive. I mean, it's still, I, I don't remember the exact price, but as things go, it's like real because Brad has one. Um, that's where I played it. And I was like, oh, well, that's not crazy expense and i'm a sucker for a good me and brian both are suckers for good pitching bat so um, right anyway so that's out cannon lagoon is fun too that, that was a fun yeah, one i played that too it's fun yeah. i mean you know not that's long, a perfect but... one for a redemption game Absolutely. i mean that's what's cool about multimorphic i'm surprised they're not even used as redemption games it's yeah. just it's too expensive it well yeah but how much are those games that are like those ticket games those got to be $15,000. Well, Brian, uh, Brian would know how much are they? Those redemption games. It depends, but some of those things get quite expensive, but you also have to remember is, you know, that's kitty gambling and it's not a dollar a play. They're shoving in three, four, five dollars. No, they are. It's crazy. It it is. You're right. It's kitty gambling. Any, any pinball manufacturer, remember Williams had the option on WPCs. Any, person that had an, you know, a kitty arcade or anything like that, just have the pinballs dispense tickets. Right. You no, know, Williams WPCs have the options for that. Why not re why not reimplement that? Or you have like the card dispenser on a slot fast. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Coins. 
Safecracker. Yep. Coin the coin launcher. Exactly. You know, that stuff was cool, but you know, it didn't it didn't, you know, save those games then. So why would it save them now? See, they should reissue NASCAR with a t-shirt cannon. just just right in the sternum just boom (laughs) well it is pretty funny that pinball was banned for gambling and now what do we have redemption games Ah, for kids to get to be gambling addicts yeah absolutely yeah i hate redemption games too with that i say we jump right in we get the microphone over to brian and brian's repair log yeah Oh, geez, I've been on the show for a while. But uh, the big one is, I'm sure it got talked about, you know, Dan got an Indy 500 um, that came over to my place for what we thought was going to be a basic shop job. Uh, Ended up getting a little bit more complicated than that. Um, Just normal route stuff, you know, uh, the, the turbo mechanism, the metal shell, it only had like a half dozen welds left that hadn't been broken. Uh, the mounting point for the habit trail was snapped off. Our good friend Eric Selfert is taking care of the welding for me. Uh, I did the repair for the VUK was done so we could get the Cliffy protector in. I did make a new template for the back VUK because Cliffy didn't have one. He did request that. So we got that made. We're doing some prototypes. Yep. There was uh, some inserts that popped up. Uh, the big thing I haven't touched yet in that game because I'm nervous about it are the 3D targets just because there is a spring in there. Everyone says it's a total pain in the butt to work on, but it has to be done because the opto sensors have broken off on what, two of the three, I think. So it has to be done. On the bright side, after looking at how it's built, I have an idea that will allow the opto sensor to still work but we'll not have it so if the ball hits it too hard, it doesn't smack into the back of the board and break off the interrupter. So I have something I want to try out. I helped out our friend Henry Ong. Henry Ong. (laughs) Henry Manjo. I'm helping him out with his Indiana Jones and his current path of adventure and misadventure. The opto board that senses the limit on the path of adventure had a bad opto on it. So we ordered the new optos. and took the board out of the game and it has been just decimated, hacked to shreds. There's burned holes through it. And it wasn't done by Henry, but whoever had the game before him, like they used literal pieces of solder as jumper wires. (laughs) Oh gosh. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got pictures. (laughs) That is how you pop it. Whoever did the work, didn't know what they were doing. Like they burned through the through holes and a couple of the optos. Optos don't carry that kind of heat. Or power. So, you know, it was done with the soldering iron. Oh, gosh. Just stuff like that. Uh, I've got a bunch of parts coming in for the 3D lit stand up targets for Dan's Indy 500, uh, George's Attack from Mars, and the last two for Mike Garcia's Attack from Mars. Um, on Pinside, Vid made this post many years ago about using LEDs to light up, you know, those rectangular or square 3D targets that were like in giant mnemonic, uh, the mini play field on shadow. And so I've been screwing around with them quite a bit. I got them so they work. I put them on my white water and everyone liked them. So I'm just producing them for people. And Dan's Dan's Indy will be done as soon as that turbo thing arrives. It's going to be starting to reassemble and 
probably do try to get that wood touched up on the cabinet and get that black fixed. Nice. Hey, I, Dan, I just want to congratulate you on getting an Indianapolis 500. That's awesome. That's a great game and you don't see it in a lot of places. So yeah, congratulations. First, first one I ever played. Yeah. He actually has a fairly rare one. Uh, the art on the side that, you know, it was like two or three different versions. His is the one with the solid red and it's not the, the orange fade, uh, not faded from the sun, but the actual design. So it's like, I think when I understand that red, it was like one of 200. And surprisingly good shape for a game that's been routed. Um, the weird thing is, is on the flipper buttons, the wear from people's hands has worn clear through the paint. It's rubbed the vinyl clear, and you can see the wood underneath it. Oh, wow. Which is strange, but it is. A lot of people played it. printed cabinet. I played it. Vinyl. Oh, yeah, it just went there. You went played it? Where? Uh, in a local pizza place where I used to live. Because I, I the, oh. the route operator that, that Dan bought it from bought out the old route operator who'd been in that area for forty years, and I so now like, it's coming full circle. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, if you were still in Sacramento, it would have well, been. This is actually but, when I was yeah. still up in in my hometown of Oroville. Oh, um, okay. This is years. Okay, see, that's the thing. Yeah, had, we we that imagine that we had two of them. So yeah, we wow. like to imagine that this is uh, you know the. Uh, Original Spencer Indy 500. There you go. And if it's not, <laughs> fuck it. We're still going to imagine it because it's good headcanon. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you, it is. It's 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 the one. It is. Now, it's a great game, too. And if you haven't had a chance to play one, find one to play. It's really a great game. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a super great, good, it's a great it's a super good Norman. It's a, it's a fun game. Yeah. It looks yeah. a little wet Dan's appetite for a whitewater for a bit. Well, luckily, you, water, water, so I'm you, weren't, you weren't with us last month, Brian. Um, I did post the little video I took when I was up last time of your white water. And we talked about it. The, the custom lighting led lighting you did behind the stand up targets. Yeah. And how awesome that is. I saw that. That looked really nice, Brian. Yeah. That's like I said, that came uh, vid on Pinside posted the idea uh, I've messed around with it for years, but I can never get the resistors right because I was using online resistor wizards. And the problem is they've never agreed with each other. And so I had to learn how to do like resistor math and all that stuff. And they look great. I'm really happy with how it turned out. And my, my white water is having a particular down for a while because a bunch of broken tabs on everything. And Dan's pushing me to start the restoration, but can't do that quite yet. Let's do it. So I'm learning fiberglass work to fix the tabs and with other paid stuff coming in, uh, just it's on the, it's on the back burner and that's fine. It'll join the line of the never ending heavy metal meltdown project. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going to start restoring it for him. Then you he'll have to fix what I plan to restore and it'll get done. You have about 140 days till Golden State Pinball Festival. So you gotta get moving, Brian. It's gotta be. I will tell you, it's gonna probably look exactly the same as it does now, but maybe the other side will be airbrushed back in. <laughs> okay. And just so you expo guys know, uh, the plan is, and it's already it's already tested and working at Golden State Pinball Festival this year. We will have dueling Metallicas. Yes. <laughs> <Fuck yeah. laughs> 
cool. Shannon, I Shannon, saw Shannon. it. I saw it. I was a, I, I, Shannon took a video of it and was chuckling in the background. And when uh, Alex was tilting out, uh, I think it was Greg. <laughs> yeah, he's, got, he's got my Metallica right now. They've hooked it together and it's all working. It's so awesome. Oh, man. I, I can't wait to see that. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, the other thing uh, you were mentioning, Indiana Jones. Did you hear about that announcement from Zen Pinball that they're releasing the digital version of Indiana Jones Pinball Adventure? I read something about it. It released. That's right? like crazy. I thought it came out the other day. Did it? Did it release? Yeah. I can't believe they got the license for that. How the heck did they do that? Uh, very uh, simple. I can answer that. Disney owns it now. Disney will license anything. The liberal application of cash. Really? But Zen must have a lot of money to be able to get that license because that's not cheap. Yeah, they have relationships, I'm sure. Yeah, and they do. Money, you know. Yeah. Does that mean that the remake conversation's on the table again? Who knows? Maybe. But it is it is cool that uh they do have a virtual table. Yeah, that is cool. Right on. All right. So we are on. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian, you got anything else uh, in the repair log? Or are we shutting the repair log down? I uh, was over here today helping out Dan Casa with his T2. Um, but it was just basic get pop bumpers redone. Uh, the stand ups, this is a you know, T2, it had been routed. Uh, the stand ups had all been nailed back because the, the backing foam was long gone. And I guess the guy who Dan Costa got it from me, he replaced the foam backing stuff, which was great. But he didn't bend the targets back straight. So um, there was no contact being made. It didn't matter how you adjusted the back switch. It wasn't going to happen because there was no travel. So we got that squared away. I got the pop bumper squared away. Um, clean the gun. Oh, yeah. His, uh, his T2 gun was uh, had, you know, grease solidified in there from God knows when. Uh, oh, wow. Barely turned by hand. But we got it all cleaned up and it's working great. Great game. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. And, you know, they're hard great to Richie find. game. They're hard to find in good shape. You know, yeah. if you were, if you remember yeah, when real beat up. came out, it was everywhere. <laughs> mm hmm. Everywhere. That was like a huge, yeah. Every arcade it. had it. Every arcade, yeah. every laundromat, bars, right. movie theaters. That game, you know, like the movie saturated that summer. That but game was a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer, that was the that was the T two I bought for for two thousand bucks. If you remember on Slack, I do. Good man, I'm glad you got it. So no, yeah, wow. awesome. welcome. <laughs> oh Dan, yeah, you're, you're the one that texted to me, huh? Yep. I was yeah, like, go get yeah, it, Dan. Dan the Lord. A, now, when you listen to that, two thousand, what a steal! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> compared to what they're going for now, it was a good deal. It was a good deal even then. Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's great. So we kind of really covered it already, but you probably want to add a little more to it. So Mark, go ahead and tell us more about the new reopening, new location of Press Start in Reno, Nevada. All right. So uh, it, I got a chance to go to the soft opening and uh, they have some things they still have to take care of. They, they got some you know minor issues here and there, but the pins were awesome. There's 15 lined up. The cool thing about it is when you walk in, they're in a horseshoe design instead of along the wall. They're still along the wall, but they utilize the corner to at least fit two machines as it curves around. So it's really inviting when you walk in. Uh, you have to see it to believe it, but it it has a really cool vibe uh, inside of there. 
it's a lot different than the other place because um, it's more an arcade. It's a it's not necessarily a barcade. It's an arcade because the way they designed it is they have it when you walk in, it's a full arcade. You know, you got the video games and then on the back wall is, are all the pinball machines. But then to the right is a separate room, which is the bar area. So what they did is they allowed it to, for licensing reasons, they allow families to come and play all the games and not have to have a liquor license to not allow people that are minors into the facility to play the games. So they got the bar that's separate and they use the same bar that we've seen before at the old location. And it's awesome with some of the things that you can do in there. Um, There's a table that is an interactive board game where you use your drinks as your markers or as your, as your, what do you call those things? Your um, game piece marker, game piece, game piece, game marker. And there's little circles around it, like a board game. And you can play all these different games and trivia games using your drink as a marker that Jim Martin designed that is in the corner of the bar area. There's a pool table, which is nice, but it's not in the way of the pinball machines. And the best part is, the air hockey table, even though it's really fun to play, is on the complete opposite side of the of the uh, inside of the room. So they're not near the pinball machines. So the pinball machines are in its own entity. And then you got the video games. So there's no distractions. And the other nice thing about it is that there is a lot more room to stand behind the games when you're playing in league. So you're not crowding people. And I found that's interesting that there was, it seemed like there was more space with it in a curved design than right next to each other in a line of games along the wall. So that's cool. Now we are getting additional games. We have 15 now. We're going to have Stranger Things coming in soon once it gets all shopped out. Because one thing that John did during the pandemic, which is still going on, unfortunately, is he rented out games to people that was part of the fundraiser. So for 400 or 500 bucks a month, you could rent a game from Press Start and have it in your home. Well, now they're all coming back from those homes. So they're getting all shopped out and everything. So we're going to have Funhouse 2.0. We're going to have uh, the um, Stranger Things. We're going to get Cactus Canyon from Playfield 76. That's going to move over to there. And uh, we're also going to um, get Funhouse 2.0 once it gets all installed and it's all working and everything like that. Uh, and then maybe some other games through rotation, like, well, we have an old Chicago, so we have a, a EM and then we can switch it out with a Monaco, uh, along with a diner that we could switch out with bonsai run. So we have a good variety of games that you can see. We're going to update the map and everything. The official opening date for the public right now, it's kind of like private invitation only, or, uh, if you gave money towards the fundraiser for the GoFundMe, then you can go in there and, and play the games and have a drink and everything like that. But the official opening is going to be that Thursday before New Year's. That at least that is what's happening. I don't know if that's totally set in stone, but that's their target date is to have it ready to go after Christmas. And man, I would uh, love to be there for that. I feel so oh, bad man, that it's it happening is, now and there's just too much weather to break away. <laughs> too much weather to break away, I know. But uh, it's 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 so awesome inside of there. Uh, the thing I love about it is the music is not at 120 decibels where you can't have a conversation. They toned it down. In fact, we designed it so that we could turn the speakers off around the pinball area so you could you could hear the games. The other thing that's really nice 
is there is a system that we are developing. It's actually going to be working out as a prototype at our location. But Greg Wright is developing a system where you can turn them on free play remotely without having to go into the machine. So when we have league night, you hit one button, boom, they all go into free play. So there's no need to open up any of the machines except maybe the EM, because obviously that won't be, you can't connect that through that system. But it'll be really cool because then, oops, league night, I don't have to go and open the machines. Of course, maybe I have to turn off the extra balls and stuff like that. But if you have like private events or things where you want to have people come over there uh, and you know, rent out the place or whatever, boom, just flip the switch and there you go. You got them all on free play. And that's including all the video games too. So everything will be remotely controlled um, through this app that Greg is developing along with his chipset that he's manufacturing himself. Yeah, that'd be super, super nice. Yeah, absolutely. So he's he's developing that uh, and that's going to be really cool when that gets all online. And that's partly the reason why there's a little delay on that. There's some artwork that has to be finished, um, but it's pretty much when you walk in, it's it's definitely a functional arcade area and uh, the bar is ready to go. Now, the other thing that's really unique about it that you probably will not see anywhere else is that there is a Mario Kart AR track that's built up on the ceiling and right below it, you have a double monitor where you can see Mario Kart in an augmented reality form where you're driving it and you have an overhead view of the arcade because it's a clear acrylic track that you're driving on with remote control cars. <laughs> it's really cool. Now, they're still trying to perfect it to get it to work properly, but it's really neat because you're actually driving around and you can see above your heads this radio control car that's going around in this track. See, that's really cool. That sounds super heavy duty. Yeah, nowhere else you'll see that anywhere else. And that was Jim Martin's idea as well. He put a lot of work into the into the design of some of the areas. Uh, He has a virtual reality table that's no cost. There's no quarter drop or anything. You just go and play, you know, Beat Saber or whatever you want on a PlayStation. Um, there's, of course, uh, a big screen where you can play uh, like a Switch console. So there's a lot of great things beyond just the pinball and the, and the arcade games. Uh, there's a lot of other things you can do there. It's a lot more spacious. It's a great location. It's in Midtown. So it's right it's pretty close to downtown, but it's it's on Center Street and it is uh, we're working on parking because parking is going to be an issue because that place is going to be packed when it opens, um, when it actually officially opens. But, well, you know, Reno's it's, it's got, gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Reno's got quite the scene now and the new press starts going to have, you know, some big shoes to measure up to because, you know, Playfield 76 is really really nice but it sounds like this is going to be more of a hardcore arcade where playfield 76 is like an arcade lounge exactly there's going to be that they're Mm -hmm. not trying to occupy the same space so if you feel like throwing down games and in a very gamey nerdy environment press start sounds like it's going to be all things to all people if you go someplace play some games sit in a comfortable chair have a nice drink talk to your buddies uh, Playfield 76 will be a, a wonderful place to go. So I, Ex- I really like exactly. that. Exactly. Playfield knowing- 76 attracts the younger 
college students. Yeah. So that's the one where you walk in the doors and the music is going, you know, 120 decibels, you know, and you're trying, you can't really listen to the games, but the atmosphere's atmosphere is great because you got the food that's provide, you know, they have served food until midnight, which is great. So if you're hungry at late at night, you can order food out. Obviously they're open till 2 AM. Um, so they definitely have late hours. Right. And the games are great. They got a great collection and they, they, they have Cactus Canyon currently. They're getting a Godzilla. So we're going to have a Godzilla coming and whenever that gets delivered. That should be hopefully January or February. We'll see. Um, but we are getting a Godzilla. And they'll be keeping on adding more classic games as they, as they build the collection. So it's, it's great. They're two totally different vibes you got yeah. well and here's the thing yeah. where I was trying to I was trying to go with this is just having met the guys who you know the press start guys I've, I've known them for a while and and the guys who run Playfield 76 you know get out there and support these dudes they're exactly they're trying to bring you guys cool new experiences and they really give a shit about the environments they're not just plunking some games in a room and saying hey give us your quarters they want you to go in there and depending on the kind of good time that you want to have, they want you to have the best possible time enjoying the things that they enjoy. So I'm really glad to see that uh, Reno's getting this kind of scene because, you know, these are both great places that are being run by great people who uh, deserve your money. And everybody is so excited for league to start, which will probably start in January once they get things squared away with, you know, getting all the bugs and kinks worked out when they actually officially open. Uh, but it is, it is a great place. I mean, I went there two nights in a row and I even took my wife there and she's like, yeah, this is a cool place. It's, it's just got a cool vibe and it's real down to earth. Everybody's hanging out, playing pinball. And uh, it is, it is, really fun i mean i love the floor the floor is just so cool it's like all these different mixed of colors when you walk in it's it's a neat place it really they did a really good job and they put in a lot of work so props to john simpson and uh, and greg wright and jim martin all those guys really put in a lot of work and it shows. So we're excited when people can get over the pass or whatever. The other thing, too, is that's going to be the destination to play prototype games. We're talking the next remake will be there. We're talking Fathom will be there. Fathom Revisited will be there. All these new games that take a long time for people to get, we're going to get the prototypes or the first run games that will be put on location for people to play. So it's it's awesome. Well, when it gets nice and we're all back up there, we should definitely see if we can uh, all meet up there and maybe bring the recording rig. We can record a mini episode or something from there. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. awesome, right? Yeah, that would that. be awesome. Do a live show at Press Start. That'd be cool. Yeah. At least the cool guys will be there. I bet Spencer won't make it. Probably not. You suck, no. Spencer. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, you know what, man? Because I do have to travel back and forth to California every couple of months. I'm sure I can probably work something out, you know. You don't suck, Spencer. We'll make it work. We'll see we we will do. make it work, we, Spencer. We yeah, have we'll the technology. It it, yeah. it yeah, yeah, no, we'll figure it out, man. We'll figure it out. I I'm, I'm excited for you guys, you know, and um and we'll talk more about locations and stuff when uh you know, cuz I've got notes about that at the end of the show. Um and that's really important. Um we're going to just uh, I think we're, we're are we ready to move on to the next topic? 
Sure. Okay. Cool. Because then you gave a really good overview. I'm really excited. I'm I'm really excited because Reno for a while was just well, there's a few games here and there at casinos, and now Reno's got you know a couple, three really solid locations, and that's you know uh, it, it is a big tourist destination. That's really important. Um, it will be a destination when people visit Reno, like they go skiing or something like that. And it, it was true with the old location, but it would be a destination for people when they go, oh, what can we do in Reno around downtown? Oh, yeah, press start. Kids. Yeah, let's go kids. there. Like, well, we and with kids, yeah, that's the whole gamble, idea. You know? Right. And, and Circus Circus isn't what it used to be. It used to be a lot of fun. It's, eh, you know, anyway. Um, reminiscing 2020, 2020, 2021. So, um, Dan Costa, you since you came in late, man, I'm going to let you start. What did you like about 2021 and pinball? Well, it was better than 2020. Yeah, that's okay. for sure. Um, I, I joined Lee here uh, in Lodi. So that was my it was my first time ever. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I finished second on the year, but I couldn't go to the finals because um, it was the same weekend as the Chicago Expo. So I missed out on that, but, um, but that was awesome. Yeah, I think, um, you know, my, my collection here is coming along. Um, started a new job. What else? Huh? It was pretty, I mean, it was a pretty good year. Nice. Good. A nice demo, man. You know what, man? It's wonderful to hear that, uh, somebody newer to the hobby, newer to the Sacramento NorCal scene had a good 2021, man. And you're a huge asset to the hobby and the local community, man. We're glad you're here and glad you're part of it. I appreciate it, Spencer. And good to have you on the show, man. Yeah, it is awesome to have you on the show, Dan. Well, that's awesome, man. And you got and you and your shadow. You got the new new play filled in. Um, so that was supposed to happen last weekend, but we got hit with a huge storm. Right. Um, so I'm dropping off at Eric's house probably after Christmas. Um, it's it's currently torn apart right now, so Eric's not going to be too happy with me. But uh, yeah, um, it's, Chatter it's, will figure it out. He's a sharp guy. Yeah, I'll have to send you guys okay. pictures once it's all done. Right on. Cool. I just I just love the shadow. It's probably one of my favorite Valley Williams games uh of the of that era. Mine too. Yeah, I love that game. I love playing it. Not there. a great movie though. You know, I went back and watched it again uh last summer. We were, you know, because COVID was still going, so um to entertain the boys, especially my 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 middle son Seth got really into like Indiana Jones and and that whole era, you know, kind of um 1930s 1940s so i said there's a few more because he says there any other movies like these and i'm like yeah man sky captain of the world of tomorrow the shadow uh we watched uh um oh god with the, the guy from the original uh we're from the the mummy the ones with brendan frazier um he did uh um not the spirit hold on i'll think of it um god i'm, I'm losing it now um Encino man. No, 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 no. He did. Um, no, it wasn't Brendan Fraser. It's guy that played the mummy. Um, yeah, I think we talked about this last time. You're thinking of the Phantom. Phantom. Thank you. Thank it was you. Billy yeah. Zane. That was, it was actually not. Yeah, Billy Zane. Actually, not a bad movie, man. Um, so we just started watching a lot of action event. Rocket Rocketeer. Watch the Rocketeer. You know, stuff like that. So we were having a lot. Rocketeer would actually make a fun pinball machine. Um, so we were doing that last summer, but uh, 
yeah, man, I, I actually didn't, you know, Alec Baldwin, let's, let's not even get into what's going on with him these days. Oh, uh, but you know what, man, he, he I, I thought he was okay in that role and I liked the movie well enough. It was entertaining and uh, I love the game. So anyway, yeah, so, that movie was fucking terrible. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you think I can watch Johnny Mnemonic next or something? You're a, you're a monster. I oh, like that people. movie. It's got iced tea in it, man. So Anne Henry Rollins is that movie. And a bunch of other people that don't really have a career. Um in movies that is. Anyway, uh I, who wants to go next, man? Reminisce. I'll reminisce. Go get a mark. 2021 was the year I got to see all my pinheads in person again. That was awesome. To be able to get together, play at people's houses. Have Playfield 76 open, which actually allowed us to meet in a public place and play pinball. Yeah, we might have to still wear masks, but we got to see people in person and hang out together. I think that's the huge thing. Expo was a huge highlight, getting to get to know Dan more and getting to go with Jason and get to know him more as well. Uh, It was just, it was the people. And another thing was, being a part of this show as a co-host now. I think that's really awesome. I'm really enjoying this, uh, chatting with all you guys and being a part of this. So I think the overall theme is the people, getting to see people in person, not on the webcam, not distant playing, you know, games on, uh, you know, digital versions of it and trying to feel like you're playing in person. Uh, But it was just a nice experience to play games in person i don't know I, it just was awesome to to be able to no, do that and hopefully hopefully that continues but yeah and then great games coming out there there were just so many different games and we have so many collectors here in reno and i give props to them to allow us to enjoy them because uh, i can't afford them but they're getting them to share with everybody else that doesn't have them so yeah yeah for sure Affording too many pinball machines is just a state of mind, man. You just got to own it. Yeah. Yep. You go, Dan. My turn, huh? Well, you know, it was really, really nice to get back to at least something close to business as usual. It was really nice to have a season of league. It was uh, great to go to the shows. I moved a bunch of games in and out, you know, so I got my creature back uh, with the new play field in. So that's really, really nice. I rebought my Ghostbusters. I let my shadow go because other Dan's getting his shadow up and running. So we'll have more shadow to be shadowed. You rebought your HCDC? Uh, not yet. Soon I'm getting my ACDC back. So yeah, there's no there's no shortage of uh of of games. I got Guns N' Roses earlier this year, which you know made made my year. Uh. You know, we're getting code, Mandalorian, all sorts of good stuff, man. It was it was a great year for pinball on the Dan side of the street. Wow. You know what I didn't get though? A sweet restored pinbot. Damn skippy, man. I'm telling you, I still pinch myself. What a segue, right? Go, go get him, Spencer. Yeah, so I got go, Spencer. Well, you know what? 2021 started out. Okay. On, on the best note away from pinball, um, you know, Rusty, uh, still in remission. She just had her latest pet scan on, uh, Thursday and she goes Monday to, uh, 
uh, to the doctor to get the reading. So, so far, so good. Um, you know, it's been uh, over a year and a half since she's had uh, uh, an immunotherapy treatment, which at the time was still an experimental cancer treatment. And now it's been brought out of the experimental phases to be a mainstream treatment that insurances will cover. Our insurance covered it because she monitored for the program. But long and short of it, um, you know, she's she's beat the odds by a huge amount. So that's the best thing about 2021. Um, I move, <laughs> I move my family from Northern California, Sacramento County, all the way to Casper, Wyoming. And then like literally within two to three weeks later, League starts up again. Shows start happening again. This year they have the Black Friday tournament at Michael's. All the good stuff, man. And uh, I miss all that. And I miss all the people because, like, you know, you guys were all brought up. And, and you know, the great elders of, of our pinball hobby, um, you know, uh, Steve Charlin comes to mind. Um, owned Fireball. God, I'm getting so old. Brian, you'll know this. I'm trying to think of his name now. I can't. He owned he owned Fireball. His Fireball is at the show every year. Oh, Garber, Al Garber. Oh, Al Garber, Al Garber. Thank you, Al Garber's Fireball, man, which is, resides at the Pacific Kimball Museum. So go play and say hi to hi to Al Spirit. But you know they 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 always showed us that that it's never about the games. It's about the people. The games were just the vehicle they used to get everybody together to hang out and have a good time and socialize and interact and become a community you know um it's always about the people man the people are the best pinball people everywhere it is it is there's hands down oh yeah so you know so we move yeah so move here i'm starting to meet some people and we just kind of been like hey let's get together after the holidays and get an informal club maybe start a league going so i'm just waiting for that to happen you know get to the holidays um but got to go to a show I'd never been to before. Got to go to the Denver show. Um, a lot of cool stuff, man. Um, and, you know, last couple of years have been a rocky ride for everybody. Nobody has gotten through 2020 and 2021 unscathed. No one. I mean, literally no one. Everybody's had their own things they've dealt with to a degree or whatever. So, um, you know, coming out on the other side, man, I think everybody kind of feels like, you know, hey, we made it, you know, and then we can look forward to the future now. Um, you know, we're 145 days till the Golden State Pinball Festival. Keeping our fingers crossed, folks. Um, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Omicron, no. Um, or Omicron, whatever that thing is. Goodbye. No, no. Don't want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get out of here. We want we want Golden State Pinball Festival. No doubt, right? You know, <laughs> oh, so, man. Keep your yeah, fingers you know, crossed, kids. It's happening. You know, it's yeah, you know, we got know shows it is. coming back. We got, you know, um, people coming back, you know, you know, we're swinging again. Um, it's been, you know, it's been a couple of years, you know, so some good, some bad, you know, um, but we're making it happen. So, um, Brian, you got anything you want to add to this? For 2021? Yeah. I'm here. That's good enough. There you go. Games, but. You know, you know getting what? scraping by, doing repairs and shop jobs for folks like Dan who are willing to get it, give me some money to get it done. And I got more lined up. And wait, wait, all right. I'm paying you? 
It better be. Son of a bitch! Well, I guess you can Sweet! I know Shannon will take it. Yeah, that's right. Easy, easy money. <laughs> and your work, your work is really shining, Brian. I mean, it's his, not you don't do just a shop job. Man. His, really his jobs are getting so good. Yeah, you're 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 the next. Uh, you know, you're the next hep, dude. Whether you want to want to be <laughs> as know, soon as I can learn how to restore play fields and do woodwork for the Cavs, then I can start working on the other stuff. But the I five hundred's coming along, and then I got Henry's Whirlwind. And then Henry's Indiana Jones. And then some guy in Elk Grove somewhere has a couple of VMs who doesn't know anything about them. So I'm a little scared. You know, it's interesting, Brian. You're the powerhouse. Uh, Kevin Woods, Jim Martin, and you, Brian, are like the powerhouse of restoring games. I don't restore. I really don't. You don't? I don't know. Well, fixing whatever you, whatever you call it. Yeah. Making a game come back alive. Yeah, you guys are so talented. And I don't know what we do without you. <laughs> to be well, honest you know, with Cheddar you, Cheddar too. Big shout out to Cheddar. Sarcasm. Yeah, that'd be a yeah. lot, lot less, less mark, not a lot less snarky remarks. <laughs> yeah, no, Cheddar also really big in the community for that. So yeah, take anything away from him. Big shout out. I got to see Cheddar and play some pinball when I was out last time. Usually, every time I get out there for work, he's out of town, but I managed to catch him in town. And got to see, that was nice. That was real nice to see each other. Um, yeah. I'm going to move on because, uh, you know, reminiscing 2020, 2021, uh, uh, we lost a couple of really important people in our hobby. Um, first of all, it's Ken Layton. And Ken was more than just pinball. Um, anything coin op. He was one of those old school dudes um, who, you know, like one time we got a, we, I got a good deal from a hotel. Uh, that we we took care of in my job, uh, pest control, and uh, they were selling an old Coke machine. So I told the boss, he goes, well, "What do you want for it? It's like a couple hundred bucks, and it works." So he wanted to change how much the the, the soda was going to cost. He goes, "You know how to do this, right?" I'm like, "No, nah, I don't know how to do this. What are you talking about?" It's like, "Well, you know, pinball, you can fix this." So I got online and talked to Ken Layton. Man, he walked me through the dip switch settings, and all right, it's all set up, Chief. Go, and it's still. This is this is more. This is like. 14, 15 years ago, and it's still in the shop in Chico, and I think it's still running. Um, but uh, and it was old. It was an old machine. We bought it. You know, if you if you type in a search engine in Google and type in jukebox, Ken's late Ken Layton's name is going to come up. I mean, this guy was just an old school route guy, coin op. You know, jukeboxes, soda machines, EM pinball, solid state, video games, mechanical. You know, amusements. I mean, he he knew it all, and he was so big in helping everyone in the community, whether it be pinball guys, video game guys, uh, you know, uh, jukebox guys. You know, he was always there to lend a hand, and uh, he was a real asset to the community. And uh, unfortunately, he passed on uh, a little, probably a couple months ago. Um, and then right after that, we lost um, Nick Kobolowski. If you don't know who he was, he was a, a pinball repair guy. He had appeared on uh, 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 Pawn Stars. He was a Vegas local. Um, he had a shop or a company called Planet Nine Pinball, and he'd done a lot of restorations and, and repair work and uh, keeping old games up and running, man. He was an asset to the hobby. And uh, so we lost those two great, great, you know, um, pinball guys this year. And uh, we want to definitely mention them, you know, so people know who they were, if you didn't know who they were. Um, we're about towards the end of the show because we're at the two-hour mark, and I'll let everybody else 
uh, go around, but I want to do mine first, my shout outs and thank yous. Um, a quick one to Pinside and, and Canada, and you're going to be like, what? Yeah. He had mentioned on his show a month or so ago, hey, go on, uh, go on Pinside and go to the, uh, uh, the show pick, pick pictures of your game rooms, picture your game rooms. And I was like, I think I did that a while ago. So I put up some recent ones. I got so much positive feedback out of that thread. And, and all, you know, all my games are older, but everybody's just like, Oh my God, you host their chance. Oh my God. You know, uh, uh, hot tip was my first game. Oh my God, man. If you ever sell flash Gordon, let me know. Um, ah, man, that pin by you scored that. That is so beautiful. You know, you got a great lineup and a great, you know, it was nice because, you know, there's guys in there got one or two games, older or newer, awesome. Uh, there's guys in there that's got collections like Dan's or Crazier, like Brad's and Crazier, you know, and everything in between. But the thing is, is everybody is positive, had positive things to say, was supportive and went, oh, my God, that's so cool. And uh, it kind of reinforced like, hey, you don't have to have the newest games. And if you do, that's awesome, too. But it's like the fact that you have games and you're sharing that. That is cool. Um, so that really restored my faith in this lately era where, you know, everything, games have gotten super expensive and, you know, just everything going on. That um, you can still have the old games and have fun with them and people think it's cool and it is cool. And uh, so definitely visit, you know, visit those sites and those uh, threads and uh, keep them active and uh, share what you got and uh, support others. Um, shout outs and thanks, man. I want to, you know, shout out to all you guys that come on the show. Shout out to all the wonderful people who listen to this show. We have listen, we have like half a dozen listeners in Russia. So, uh, to all our Russian listeners out there, thanks, folks. Um, keep listening to the show, man. We'll keep making them. Um, and to all the other listeners who, you know, listen every episode and download the show and support what we're doing. Uh, I'm going to say, especially with the last couple of years and with everything that's happened, support location pinball. Support, uh, you know, you've got pinball map. That's an invaluable tool if you're traveling or in your local area. And if you know of a place that's got a game or two or 10 and it's not on your local pinball map, you make sure because it's user friendly, it's easier. You can add locations and the games. You can post pictures. Please do that. I've been doing that all over Casper, Wyoming, I'm finding games here and there, I'm posting them. Um, right in Sacramento, you got a couple of really, you guys got four or five really good locations now. Uh, Coin Op being one of the oldest and best, but there's several new, really good locations. Uh, Auburn, you got, what is it? Uh, uh, Out of Order Arcade. They, of order. They've got a great lineup of classic video games. They've got a great lineup of modern pins in Reno, the Bay Area. I mean, all over, man, wherever you're listening, you support because if you don't support them, they go away. And I'll tell you, we've lost way too many great locations um, because of, you know, financial issues, because of people dying, because of COVID. Um, you know, we've lost Papa. We've lost the Museum of Pinball. We lost Grinkers, Classic Arcade in Boise, Idaho. And they had a pretty good lineup of pins, too. Um, they had an amazing collection of classic video games. We've lost so many good places around the country, around the world. If they, if you don't support it, it will go away and it will never come back. So please support that. Support, uh, continue to support Papa. Bowen Kieran's is still doing Papa tutorials, man, uh, through all this. Support that. Go hit up the show, man. Be a patron. Um, you know, whatever you can do. Uh, my last one, support Project Pinball. 
Actually, it's not my last one, but support Project Pinball. Um, you can win a pinball machine, and you know what? You put you help put pinball machines in hospitals and uh, veterans' homes, uh, 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 Ronald McDonald houses for for kids and adults and parents who you know who have children that are battling cancer and other diseases, and that brightens their day and puts a smile on their face. So you're doing you know you're doing some real good work and sharing pinball with the world. And uh, my last one is uh, support your local shows, man. I get it. A lot of people have been scared to bring games. People brought games to shows and then not come to the show themselves. Just drop off the games and pick up, you know, because there's still, you know, fear of COVID and like that. Um, you know, do what your grandma and your mom and dad told you when you were kids. Wash your hands, you filthy animal. And, uh, you know, be a decent human being. But support your shows because if you don't support those, they go away too. And the whole point of this is we're talking about pinball here. So that's my shout outs and thank yous. Special shout out to uh, the great one, the mighty Mo, who uh, was is always a brother and hooked me up with an awesome deal on a whirlwind, which I did go ahead and pass on uh, because of distance and everything else I've got going on in my day right now. And uh, I just got that smoking deal on a pinball. So I thought, you know what, man, we'll pass on that pit, uh, that real smoking deal on a whirlwind and give it to another collector. Maybe somebody knew it would be their first game or just somebody doesn't have a lot of coin and wants to get into a good player quality, nice game. So shout out to Mo, shout out to everybody in the NorCal crew and the Reno crew. Um, there's so many other people I could mention and I want to. So if I don't mention you by name, uh, please forgive me. Um, you know, along with this, I have a real day job and a real family and uh, a lot of other stuff going on. So it's it's amazing. I keep it together as good as I do. But it's <laughs> been a hell of a year. And then I'm glad I got to share parts of it with all you crazy guys in NorCal and Reno. Thank you. And I want to give a shout out to all my pinhead friends, of course, my family and everything like that. But I think there's a huge shout out for all the new pinheads that have been part of this community in 2021. We've had about, I'd say, 10 new people that have joined our community and hanging out with us when we have uh, pinball events or when we go to other people's homes. Um, it's really great to have you a part of this wonderful community and also um, uh, being able to get together in person, like I said before, that's uh, just huge. Um, shout out to my family, uh, my wife, my kids for letting me get into this crazy hobby. Um, I don't do the financial part of it, of buying a zillion machines, but I do spend a lot of time with You're podcasts and, and going out to other places and playing out people's friends. So I appreciate, appreciate them letting me have the freedom to have that time to have the best time ever to play pinball with people. Um, and shout out to all of you guys. Thanks for always inviting me to your homes. Thank you for having me part of the show. Um, pretty much shout out to everybody in the world. I mean, it's been a crazy two years and uh, hopefully we have some real good things happening in 2022. We got a lot of good games to look forward to and more stuff to talk about and keep the show going. So I just want to thank you all. All right, other Dan, go get them. Shout out only to Keith Elwin for making Godzilla. That's it. <laughs> right on, man. Is that poop on your nose? Your like big, your big background, Keith Allen, is pathetic. <laughs> and he makes great games. Yes, he does. Four for four. He does. All right. Uh, you know, I want to 
throw a big shout out to uh, Tolerant Wives, who uh, let us buy games. I want to throw a big shout out to you guys for, uh, you know, letting me waste a couple hours every month talking about pinball on the Internet. Uh, and, of course, a big shout out to everyone who runs CCPL, uh, Mr. Hosier, Mr. Pressler, other Mr. Hosier, uh, Mr. Stephen Griffin, you know, for, you know, doing all the work and, and giving us a forum to uh, have a little competitive pinball in. Uh, super fun hobby, super good times. Uh, big thanks to Brian, of course, for fixing everything I fuck up. And, uh, yeah. Big thanks to Spencer for the spinner is lit and for moving out yeah. to California. It's honestly a better place with you gone. You know, it probably <laughs> is because you can drive and not worry about some asshole in a big red truck. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we miss you around here, Spencer. It's not the same without you. I uh, miss you guys. I too. mean, it's roughly similar, but it's not exactly the same. No, <laughs> I show up every couple of months just to be a thorn in the side. So. It's it's changed a lot, Dan. Let's let's be honest here. You know, with Spencer gone, I can't go ride the go karts at Roseville Sunsplash without looking weird anymore because he needs someone to touch the pedals. <laughs> you know, it's 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 rough. It's rough not having him around. Like I don't yeah. know what I'm going to do. He was really handy because he could sneak into small places and steal things for us. Well, plus when something dropped on the ground, he was closer to it than I was. That's really convenient. It's just like you know. People want me to get stuff off the top shelf. Fine, you get it off the floor. There, there you go. go. <laughs> but no, thank you, thank you guys. Yes. Thank, thank you. Some yeah, care. yeah. Well, guys, that's uh, that's our show. That's the end of the year. Um, hope everybody has a merry Christmas, happy New Year, happy belated birthday to you, Brian. Oh, thank you. Yeah, officially mm-hmm. in the mid forties. Uh, yeah, I turned fifty six uh, on Wednesday. So 560, huh? 560, 560. Yeah. Not bad. That's uh, a good long bad. life. Yeah. I'm looking pretty good for a, you know, half a, half a, half a millennium. <laughs> half a millennium. I wouldn't have guessed that you were a day over 545, sir. There we go. So, yeah. So, all right, guys, that's been the show. Uh, you can reach us on our, uh, our hosting site at, uh, soundcloud uh or itunes i think we're might be on a couple other places i I don't know man just uh, thank you again to all the wonderful pinheads and people that tune into our our silly little podcast every month or so um you know uh everybody have a, a safe and happy christmas and uh and you know hanukkah and whatever else you saw festivus whatever else you celebrate and a safe and happy new year and uh here's to a a happy and healthy and safe 2022 for everybody. And I'll yeah, take yeah. it. You yeah. guys all know what to say. Play pinball. Keep, Keep America, America strong. strong.